All characters and events based in this podcast, even those based on real people, are entirely fictional. All celebrity voices are impersonated. Poorly. The following program contains coarse language, and due to its content, it should not be listened to by anyone. Well, hello there, everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of season two of Shelf Life. I'm Kevin. Oh, oh hey there, children. That's how it sounded to me. <laughs> I'm Rachel. And this is Shelf Life, a podcast by a brother and sister that are going through all things pop culture from all the genres and all the different types of media that you can think of under the sun to determine whether or not they belong on your shelf, both physical and digital. And today is a very special episode of Shelf Life because we are beginning our trek. I guess I shouldn't <laughs> be the one to say it. You should be the one to say it. That's how we normally do this thing. Uh. So, Rachel, <laughs> what is up for contention to the shelf today? Oh, a very humble, classic TV show. Animated TV show, I should say. Something you guys may know as South Park. That's right. We're going down to South Park. Gonna have ourselves. We're gonna have a time. ourselves a time. <laughs> There's friendly, friendly faces, faces everywhere. everywhere. Humble folks without temptation. Anyways. <laughs> so yes, if you couldn't tell by my slight, oh hello, bye. How you doing now? <laughs> or however you wanted to think of it, we are uh, trekking into South Park, uh, another television show. We're doing season one. We're starting season one today. We're going Season to go one. through. Mind you. That's what I said. That's I'm what just I said. Saying, I'm just what did you saying. think I said? <laughs> I just want them to keep in mind that this is South Park season one. <laughs> You'll well, understand. It's... They'll understand in a second, okay? Okay. So, Rachel, I, I got to tell you because this is, uh, you know, it's very special to me. I think it's special to you. I think we have to start where we started with the rest of these shows these tv shows and i'll stop doing the the matt stone and trey parker bit in a second with the with the oh you know this is definitely one of our favorite television shows and i think it's appropriate that we start with why and how so rachel what are your feelings in general about south park what are my feelings and do you remember anything about season one of south park well okay so i I remember season one. Like, I remember the episodes because it's like, oh, okay, yeah, I remember, like, the gist of stuff that may have happened. But it's probably been a while since I went back and watched season one. We grew up on South Park. I remember being a kid watching South what a, Park. What a terror. Our parents, we, we had good parents. <laughs> no, we didn't. <laughs> we turned out just fine. I don't know what you're talking about. We're fine. I don't know what's, I don't know what's wrong. You're fine. <laughs> You no, so hours um, upon hours of talking about television shows and movies. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's totally normal. My feelings. So I remember going back and forth as a kid whether I liked it or not. There were a lot of things I hated about South Park, and there were a lot of things I found funny, which is probably mm-hmm. still true to this day. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out. That's the point of this show. I do have favorite episodes of South Park, which I do, well, okay, I probably shouldn't spoil anything about season one yet, but I mean, it's, 
it's going to be different because they had to make it differently and it's going to be a little bit cruder than I well, think what it, they they do now. It's a lot of what we see with we've done this is the fifth television show we're doing. Sure. I this we've seen this with except for Twilight Zone that yes. kind of kicked. Well, well, I mean, we haven't gotten into <laughs> we got out of the Twilight Zone luckily. We'll we'll get sucked yeah, back in at some happened. point. But the, yeah, I don't know how we got out at all. The Twilight Zone took a few episodes to kind of get going, and then, you know, True. there's a main event down the line for us. The rest of the shows, though, that we've done, the first season is a little like they're figuring stuff out. Kind of yeah, like Shelf The train is just starting. Yeah. So <laughs> South Park is no different when it comes no. to the first season. But what, what, what are your thoughts? I love South Park. I, I I do. It's no, a, I, think I it's do a great I do too. Show. I do quote it. I do quote it. I'm just saying I do have the, the I do have a love hate relationship with some of it. <laughs> there are some clunkers. So there are 317 episodes of South Park as of this recording. We will eventually do them. Unlike The Simpsons, I don't know if there's a point where we're like, okay, that's the end of the show. There's a new show starting. So. The quality has completely dipped. There's dips in South Park, yeah. but then it then there's rises again. There's hills and valleys when it comes to the quality, I think, of South Park compared to The Simpsons, which was like mountaintop and then plummet. Right. So No, I agree. It's a little more difficult to say, oh, we can cut it off after season 15 or whatever. Sure. But as a kid, I don't remember a lot of hype about South Park no. during the first season. You would have been way too young to know anything. I would That's have been... True. I think, actually, if you consider how old the boys are, I'm the same age as the boys. If you start their age at when the show starts. Not when we'll get into the uh, short that Matt and Trey did. But if you consider the age that they are in 1997, I'm about their age. Around their age. So because of that, the show was interesting to kids my age. Because one, you were told you weren't supposed to watch it. It's too right. crude and violent and <laughs> gross and sexual, and you're, it's not it's not for kids. But it's a cartoon. It's animated. They're swearing. They're your age. And the whole point that Matt and Trey talk about all the time is that when you were a kid, you were a little asshole. You weren't this angelic thing. No, all kids you were, were you little assholes. <laughs> yeah, kids are kids are jerks. So it fits in that way too. They're obnoxious, you know, and, and they all have different. Very distinct personalities. Even in this first season, they, they have distinct personalities. They're That's probably not as three-dimensional as they are over time, but they still come through as being distinct, the four kids, the four main kids. But I will say, I think what happened was Mr. Hanky episode, the Christmas episode kicks the thing off into high gear. And after that, and especially coming into season two of South Park, that's where it hit the playground a little bit more. That's where it, I think, in, if I remember correctly, I don't totally remember, but I do remember like being in my friend's basement or like in our downstairs having South Park on. Like, oh, we'll turn South Park. We'll watch South Park and see if South Park's on. Because <laughs> you would have to wait till it was later at night and turn South Park on and watch. Yeah, because usually it would come on late. I remember it always coming on late and going, oh, it's almost bedtime because like it would come on that late. I remember that. Yeah. Even if they were replaying it, it was probably even later than oh, yeah. what they when they had it on in 
because it's been on at 10 o'clock Eastern time on Wednesdays since the beginning. So it always was that time. But I remember watching it like Saturday nights at friend, you know, at my at our house with a friend or at their house or whatever. And sure. not understanding probably 85% of what was going on, <laughs> but they're swearing and they're little kids and Cartman's fat. And it's funny. And, yeah, they killed Kenny, so it's funny. It does have its place in history to me, and it's why we have it here as something to be on the shelf. It's, it's an important show for us and, and kind of how we, we look and view the world, too. Because like you said, we True. quote it. But one of the things that, that we have to keep in mind, and one of the ways that I was going to start the show, was just saying and quoting and espousing about the absurdity of life. Yeah. And satire. And Rachel, I think I could probably make up some quotes and try to figure out how to say it appropriately in our life here in this day and age. We're looking around and we read the news or you go outside or you just listen to people talk or the internet life is completely absurd and there's no way to pull that in and view it and comment on it and make a statement on it unless you're being somewhat satirical you have to have satire in this world to bring out some truth or to make people think or to show that you're thinking yourself satire is needed it's one of the things that south park does best too is that they really truly do put life and what's happening in the world into their shows all the time and it's kind of like they're making comments on it but they're also just kind of like no no no, this is just what it is we're gonna make i think it's their worldview I think it's their worldview. I do view. think it is their worldview, yes. But I do I do see it as they're going to make fun of any, everything, no matter if it's themselves or not. Like, they're going to make fun of it, period. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's I, one, that's, I mean, that's one of I the can... things I do like about South Park, is that they don't hold back. Right, right. They decide that... If it's all or nothing. Even, even if, yes, there's no absolutism, in for the most part, uh, there are absolutes, but not not for the most part. There is a definitive look at the world around us. Life in general is absurd. That's it. The idea to find meaning and to find what life is about, and people that believe in like that, the absurdity of life is that it's incomprehensible. It's that it's it's Camus, right? I think South Park is trying to find the meaning. It is trying to get us all to understand each other a little bit better. Season one, maybe not so much. I was going to say season one. one I mean, we're, we're getting deep on this one. And now we're like, See, un- no, not speaking of any of that. Season one of South Park. We'll talk about if there, because there is still some satire and stuff in South Park. Because South Park becomes a satire show. Uh, it takes some seasons to get there. But at this point in our lives, I mean, during the pandemic especially, people were like, they're going to do a pandemic special on South Park. They couldn't wait to hear their take because right. people need wanted to hear and wanted to see. It almost feels like South Park is kind of outside the the stigma of having to pick a side. It can make a comment and it can look at it almost third party, whereas, you, you know, you don't have a 
a stake in the game or something like that. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But that's not what season one is. Season one, I would say, is about the total absurd. It's about shock value. It's about making potty humor, stuff like that. But there is satire still in it. The way you said that. Potty? Potty humor. Potty humor. That's how you said it. I'm going to repeat you over and over again because you're ridiculous. If we're going to talk about South Park, we have to talk a little bit about Trey Parker, Matt Stone, the creators of South Park. Rachel, they recently just signed a contract with Paramount Studios for $900 million. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. I'll probably, if we can get 1% of that for shelf life, (laughs) I'll probably take it. I'll probably take it. No, you wouldn't. You don't know that. I do. We're listening. Paramount, we're listening. (laughs) Disney. Okay, who is the other stakeholder in this? (laughs) Well, whatever. I don't care. Disney wouldn't want us. Universal. Universal might want us. Uh, (laughs) Disney could put us on... uh, I don't know any... I'm trying to think of actual, like, podcast networks, but I don't really want to name any of them. Just so, bleep everything out. Bleep and bleep. <laughs> <laughs> so, South Park's origins come from the fact that South Park is not a real town in Colorado. It is a region in Colorado, the South Park Basin. It's like an hour away from Denver, I think is okay. the idea. The whole idea behind having a town, of course, that's in that area, but not is because that's where Trey Parker grew up. And I think Matt Stone grew up pretty close to that. He went to the the university. He said that while he was in, in that little thing. That's where they met was in Colorado yeah, so University. They, yeah, so they both grew up in Colorado. And then they went to the University of Colorado where they met in beginning filmmaking class. And I could have sworn that Trey Parker like majored in music too, but he was in this filmmaking class. Matt Stone, I think, was a math major in this filmmaking class. It was probably like one of those things where it was like, let's do something fun, probably. Yeah, and for it Trey, it really like was it. like, I want to do. Because Trey was, you can tell, just watch South Park, you can tell, Trey Parker wanted to be like a comedy musician, like a Weird Al. I think was his first idea. I could see that. Cause he, and, and they're very good at it. The songs oh, yeah. on South Park are unbelievably good. Those are probably some of my favorite episodes, is the ones with yes. music in it. <laughs> yes. So they meet in this filmmaking class, and they kind of bond because they clearly have the same sense of humor. They like each other. They both had a fondness for Monty Python. So, I can see that, too. I could yeah, see that. <laughs> especially with these older episodes. We love something that the two of them did that not a lot of people... I think a lot of people really... they What's the nose? What's that? They, they put their noses down? What's that phrase? <laughs> they look... It's not... I, I want it. It's like they look, look down, down they, they, But it's with your nose. They put up their nose. Wait, put up their that? noses at no, it. No, that's not it. Hold on a second. Um, <laughs> turn one's nose up. Yeah, they turn their noses up at it. Turn your nose up. It's turn your nose up. Yeah, say that. What did you say? Put up your nose. (laughs) (laughs) Put up your nose. Hey, put up your nose. I almost had it. I almost had it. All right, turn your nose. They turn their noses up at this. But I think when we watch it, and we quote from this all the time, 
I think it exemplifies their liking of Monty Python and the the humor that they put into South Park, and that's basketball. Oh my god, basketball! <laughs> go get go get out the list. I'm write it down. Here. All right, all right, all right. I got this. I think it's already there. I'm pretty I, sure I wrote this down. There. If well, if Orgasmo and Cannibal the Musical aren't already there, put those down too. <laughs> oh my god decide to collaborate on some short films and they make short films in college they were trying to explicitly almost make fun of the rest of their classmates because the rest of their not like outright but the rest of their classmates desire to be martin scorsese and steven spielberg and an important filmmaker they Mm -hmm. were like no we're going to be absurdist and satirize your important filmmaking so a lot of their of first films were kind of doing that stuff. Matt, I think Matt Stone said they lost some a lot of the short films that they would make in college because they would like do like one a week or like one a month or something like that. They they just that was what they did for fun, you know. Not unlike a couple of people here doing things for fun. So <laughs> they make a short for their class called American History. And they decide to use construction paper and make it animated using construction paper. Yep. And they decide to have, I think it was trays. Folks, I'm doing this without a lot of notes in front of me. So if I get any of this wrong, we'll correct it in future. so atypical of you. That is so not typical. (laughs) I know. I'm sorry. Can't believe you. I think it was Trey's roommate was Japanese. So they had him do it from like his perspective so they had him narrate the history of america and it's like a lot of the pilgrims shot the indians and killed the like all of that kind of thing i think that's the one trey won an student academy award for it oh my god yeah i love that i think he's quoted as saying like they showed it and he was like i was there with all these other nominees which were very like oh we're trying to be you know we're trying to to tell about the plight of of the human condition and stuff and trey's like look at how shitty america was made it's just (laughs) us killing things they then decide to make a fake trailer for the class called cannibal the musical i think i don't think that's what they originally call it they call it something else but it turns into because the the students in the film thought it was really funny and they thought it was funny so they decide to make a a full-length version of it called Cannibal the Musical. So they write the music for it. Their family members pitch in, like, money for it. And I think they made it on, like, $100,000 or something like that, all told, because they get their it's friends and they money. get their own money. It's It does always seem like a ton of money whenever you hear how much money these, anybody even raises, just for something that has what would be considered no budget, because $100,000 would be considered, right. like, no budget. Jeez. It is what it is. It's a parody of musicals about the story of a guy that was the first person in the U.S. to be tried for cannibalism. Interesting. It's a interesting story. I don't think I've seen this. This I have not seen. So they never were able to get it really distributed until South Park came along and then Troma bought it and distributed it. So you can watch it. It is out there. I've okay. seen the Cinema Snob did a review of it. And uh, I watched the Cinema Snobs review of it, but I've never seen the, the actual movie. In 1992, they create an animated short 
called The Spirit of Christmas. And they decide to go back and they use their construction paper cutouts with the stop motion. And I think the reason that they decided to use the stop motion and the cutouts is because of Monty Python. Because I think it's there's Monty Python stuff where they, they use like the cutouts to do transitions or the, the opening credits to the movies. They use that style. So I think it's supposed to be an homage to that. Okay. And in the spirit of Christmas, four kids, Jesus, there's Frosty. It's very, very rudimentary version of South Park. And they make the movie exactly how you'd expect them to make the movie. They did it for the class. So that's the origin of South Park. They did it for their class. We have to talk about a little bit of how you can go from having all of this stuff to how you can end up on Comedy Central. And a lot of that has to do with, and I know we said it in the Simpsons episode, and I know this is a South Park episode, but we have to kind of frame it into this where The Simpsons comes on in 1989 and 1990, and it changes the game of television as I have I have stood my ground on. And <laughs> so now animated shows can be more adult. And then you get stuff like Beavis and Butthead, which we got to give credit to, too, for pushing the envelope. Mm-hmm. And you get King of the Hill, and you get some, like, even, like, Rocco's Modern Life or or The Critic or yes. those kind of things. They can kind of push it a little bit into... Yeah, they push boundaries um, just a little bit. Yeah, exactly. So these and then, things... And then you come to, like, today's, where it's like you have, like, the Rick and Morty, and you have Adventure Time, and those types right. of things that also push it, but they have but more that... that they can play with. Yes, but I would say that South Park is the thing that allowed avalanche of all of those things to, to be there, right. too. Oh, absolutely. I think in more so than The Simpsons. I think The Simpsons started it, but this, and South Park comes in with this, and that, like, pushes it even further. <laughs> the Simpsons crawled, so South Park <laughs> Alright, look. I'm not trying to get deep for South Park. <laughs> But so it, the, I mean, you're 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 going in that direction. What do you want from me? <laughs> no, no, no. That's that's what I'm saying. And then, so Matt and Trey moved to LA. They started doing freelance work. Whatever was kind of necessary for them, they would write, they would edit, whatever. In 1995, they're doing freelance work, and a Fox executive named Brian Graydon decided to pay them a thousand dollars after seeing Jesus vs. Frosty to make a sequel because he thought it was funny and send it out as a Christmas card. So they make the spirit of Christmas. This time they make it Jesus versus Santa. It is better looking than Jesus versus Frosty. They're both angry at each other because they're trying to figure out what this, what the true spirit of Christmas is. Is it Santa Claus or is it Jesus? And Jesus is mad because he thinks Santa is taking Christmas away from him, so they fight in like a Mortal Kombat style. Brian Boitano is in it, all of this other stuff. What happens is Brian Graydon sends it out as a video Christmas card that he can send to people, and it gets distributed. He sends it to 80 people. What happens after this is the thing kind of goes viral. It starts going around Hollywood because it went to this executive's friends, then it goes to other people. It ends up in George Clooney's hands, and then George Clooney just starts kind of posts it on the internet via email (laughs) and it starts getting to regular people and it becomes this viral video 
it's kind of weird to think about because if it would if they would have done it 20 years later, 15 years later when re, like the internet was more popular, it kind of makes me wonder if Trey and Matt would have gotten a show out of this or would they just be like a YouTube channel making South Park, right. which I'm sure they oh, would still make I'd money, imagine... but they wouldn't be making a billion dollars. No, I, I, I'd imagine it would just become like YouTube shorts. Yeah, that's what I would expect. Which is still fine. Like, they still would have had, like, a following. They probably still could have been as creative. But it's just interesting that now they would have gotten an outlet where they could have done this. But it wouldn't have to have been on such a big stage. Which is both, you know, positive and negative. They got to be on a giant stage. But if they would have been something on YouTube, they could have been, one, totally, pretty, completely, you know, have freedom. But they would have been in a niche. So, like, it is there be there's more of them so like nowadays there could there could be a hundred of these where back then only one thing's getting through the door and it had to be south park right probably because of how i mean they're you know it's genius stuff that they do in you know by having cartman get an anal probe and things like that so the thing gets passed around the spirit of christmas gets gets passed around on a bootleg video and stuff like that and because of this fox considers the rights to South Park. They just, they want to give Trey and Matt a show. However, Fox did not want to include the classic character of Mr. Hankey, which, as we all know, is a talking yeah. piece of poo. Yep. They didn't want anything to do with Mr. Hankey. So Matt and Trey were like, we're not compromising. We're going to put this talking piece of poo in the show. So... <laughs> Fox said, no, we're walking. The the video keeps moving. Comedy Central takes a look at it. Now, I think what's interesting when you're looking at the parallel between Simpsons and South Park is in the way that Simpsons rose with some other stuff, rose Fox's level of prominence from obscurity almost single-handedly. That's what South Park kind of does for Comedy Central. Comedy Central was a mid-tier kind of cable network. It had its shows. It had a cult following for a lot of stuff. It had Mystery Science Theater for a time. It had, like, some different British sitcom, you know, those kind of things. Things that were more culty. But they decide that they will develop the series. So they decided to negotiate with both MTV and Comedy Central. And... They wanted to go with Comedy Central more because they thought MTV might turn it into some sort of kids show or dumb it down, and they they didn't want that either. Because obviously, I mean, this is the height of intellectualism, the first season of South Park. There was a Comedy Central executive, Doug Herzog, which I think his name comes up in other stuff too. He watched the short. He commissioned it to be in become a series. So they spend three months creating Cartman Gets an Anal Probe which is the first episode of South Park. And we can probably talk about the reception of Cartman Gets an Anal Probe and what the network thought about it after we talk about it. But we can probably go a little bit into the production of Cartman Gets an Anal Probe because they did it the exact same way that they did the shorts, which was the two of them by hand cutting everything out using construction paper, taking the snapshots of each frame, 
they used construction paper on this first fucking episode of South Park, and now they're making a billion dollars with Paramount. I'm make a billion dollars by <laughs> making these four kids that swear. So dumb. And doing the voiceover work themselves. And the way that they did the voiceover work was they talked normal and slow, and they sped it up to make the, the pitch higher in post. And I don't think that's how they do it anymore. I think that they have kind of voices for it, and then the computer just modulates it so that they can talk in a normal speaking style. But Makes you sense. can definitely tell, Rachel, I think you can definitely tell that they're talking slower. It seems that way. Yeah, the voices are definitely different in this episode. On August 13th, 1997, we get Cartman gets an anal probe. It is the first episode of South Park. Rachel, anything else that you want to get into before... Hang on, what... do we have a... Do we have a fake sponsor for this episode? Okay. Okay, good. Rachel, do we have anything else before we head to break? Uh, no. I think I'm uh, ready to go with this one. Okay. Well, well, we'll take a short break, and when we come back, we start our journey into South Park with Cartman Gets an Anal Probe. Coming this summer, it's the digitally re-enhanced re-release of the very first pilot episode of South Park. Yes, the classic rough handmade first episode is getting a makeover for 2002. The simple funny aliens are now super badass and cool. The flying saucer, no longer cheap construction paper, but a 4 megapixel non-drop digital masterpiece of technology. Yes, everything's new. New is better. When we first made South Park, we didn't want to use construction paper. We just had to because it was cheap. And now with new technology, we can finally remaster South Park to make it look sharp, clean, and focused. And expensive. Yes, all the charm of the simple little cartoon will melt before your eyes as it is replaced by newer and more standardized animation. For instance, in the scene at the bus stop, we always meant to have Imperial walkers and giant dewback lizards in the background, but simply couldn't afford it. Get this special enhanced version quick, because another enhanced version will likely be coming out for 2003. And... We're back. With uh, the first episode of South Park, Cartman Gets an Anal Probe, premiered on August 13th, 1997. Now, the difference that you and I saw this with, Rachel, is that I was watching it on my old DVDs, which I do not remember when I got, because I don't think there's any way that I would have gotten them when it first came out, which was probably around the same time that the first Simpsons DVDs came out. I don't know when I first got these things, but I don't remember watching the first season a lot. So this was something that I definitely, it, it's been a while since I watched these episodes. I would assume it's probably the same for you that you don't normally go back and watch these Cartman gets an anal probe. I remember that one, but I don't remember, like, I don't usually go back and watch them. No. Yeah. This, I had a stream. I don't, I didn't get the luxury of having the DVDs. At the beginning of the DVD for the first couple seasons. The first couple seasons are Warner Brothers distribution, and then it goes to Paramount after that. And Matt and Trey do this thing. They do different vignettes at the beginning of each episode, which I think are in place of what there would be a commentary. And they do, like, funny little sketches about... Or sketches, not sketches. <laughs> they do funny little sketches. A sketch. Sketches something. It's a sketch. Uh, all the kids know what a sketch is. You mean niece? Niche. Niche. That's what it sounded like to me. Skitches I... and sketches. Sketch. What the hell's a sketch? 
Is Sketch uh, even a thing? It's probably well, it's a product. Yeah. It's, it's, it's probably a product that bad. you can. It's a product you can download from Microsoft. I think it's a skateboarding term. Hold on to the back of a moving motor vehicle so as to be pulled oh, yeah. along while riding a skateboard, bicycle, etc. That's right. It's Marty flying that shit. You skitch on it. So that's probably the best way to think of it. Yeah. And that is exactly what Matt and Trey are doing in all these. They're skitching as they introduce the episode. But I showed they're it to you. They're holding on for dear life. Yes, I showed it, I showed it to you while we were offline. And there, and there are these like funny things where I thought maybe we would do them. I thought maybe even we would do them for like our fake sponsors, <laughs> where we would just be like, "Oh, hello, yes, ha 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 ha." Like there, it's it's making fun of like I don't know. It take like, me uh, so many takes to get that right. I am not good at doing those types of things. I don't know how to even describe it because it's clearly they're doing a parody of like celebrities in front of the fireplace kind of a thing with their dog on a furry rug with their turtleneck sweaters yes and they it's like a, are... it's like um it's like a christmas card but it's a sketch yes and it's almost like they are doing they're they're giving you a reason of, of like what how they came up with the episode but they're doing it almost in a way where you can't tell if they're being serious or not because they're using like this affected accents kind of but they talk about carbon gets an anal probe and they talk about how it's their favorite episode of south park which they say i think before every single episode on the dvd <laughs> but the the idea behind what the episode was supposed to be they spent three months making it in a dark cold lonely room and they finished it it was 28 minutes long which was too long to air they didn't realize that because of commercials they needed to cut it down so they cut it down about 10 10 minutes worth of stuff they had to change the storyline a little bit and there were a couple of scenes that they had to take out the introduction of pip everyone's favorite character pip we all know pip oh my god i remember pip oh hello there yes yeah pip (laughs) this episode is is i I guess they they're saying it's kind of prevalent in the region, the South Park Basin region of Colorado, I think it's prevalent in a lot of areas in in the United States, where there's folklore about UFOs, about cattle mutilation, about Bigfoot sightings. Rachel, you're into all that that shit, so I would assume that, that you could probably verify that. You know, all of that stuff. Was this, like, this was probably kind of Supernatural type of things happen everywhere, yes. So this was (laughs) your type of, this was your type of episode because of all of that stuff. Well, because it's got the aliens in it, yeah. It's got abductions and things like that. It's always fascinating. (laughs) They didn't have Bigfoot. If they had Bigfoot, you know, then... Well, yes, you're a Bigfoot expert. (laughs) They didn't have Bigfoot in this one. We'll get to Scuzzlebutt sooner or later, which is a... Yeah, we'll get to Scuzzlebutt. Yeah. It's a type of Bigfoot. He's um, a type of Bigfoot. It's Colorado South Park Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> Trey Parker has actually said, too, that they felt like there was some pressure for them to live up to the spirit of Christmas because it had become this viral sensation. So they yeah. put a lot more swearing and stuff in it, and they think that that probably made it a little off-putting to some people. They were trying to force it more than do it naturally, I think, is, is sure. the idea. One thing I did want to say... And I said it in our office episode two is one of the reasons that I'm looking forward to going through these episodes one by one 
is unlike The Simpsons, which has a lot of podcasts that go through all of their episodes, I don't know if there's a lot of good South Park podcasts out there. I don't know, like, like I don't know, I know The Office has podcasts, but it's more about, like, behind-the-scenes stuff and about, like, what it was, oh, it was fun working on the set that day, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if there's a good podcast. Like, I feel like we're we're making, we're documenting the truth here, Rachel. That's what we're doing. We're, we're documenting again. facts. <laughs> so anyway. Well, we're straying into territories of like little niche ones, right? Where where you'd expect like a whole podcast to be on just South Park itself. It's no, I don't like I don't know if I've be. heard a lot of them. I mean, I'm if you sure are one somewhere. and you're listening right now and you're just like like screaming at me, let me know. Like send it send it to to the shelf life. Let us know yeah. about you. I'm Listeners, curious let us now. Know. I think that they also like to put these aliens in, like, the background as, like, Easter eggs and different things. They have aliens in Hannibal, or Cannibal, Cannibal the Musical. They have them in different episodes of South Park as little Easter eggs, things like that. They should do that more. I feel like they probably have strayed away from that at this point. But I, I well, like it when been... they put little Easter eggy things in the background yeah. of stuff. That's my they've favorite. they've been on for 25 <laughs> years, so. Right, fine. Yeah, stuff evolves. I know, I get it. But still, it, it's callback kind of... sometimes is fun. I mean, it's interesting that they've been on so long that, that they still are have such a hands-on with it. They're still yeah, making that's the true. show and stuff. So it's That's true. They are the faces of it, and they are actually still part of it. It's not mm. just that, oh yeah, we're, we were the makers. No, we still <laughs> we are. <were> the... <laughs> I thought you were going to start doing the, uh, the monologue from Willy Wonka. We are the spirit makers. <laughs> we are what? the dreamers. Oh no. Willy Wonka or Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? Whatever. The no, no, good no, no. They're, one. they're totally different. I'm I know they saying. are. And we'll do both of them eventually. I feel like those, anything that's like a, a repeat, I want to do like a special moment for those. We might have specials for those. My favorite yeah. line from the introduction to the DVD of this part of the episode is they don't have children yet, so they don't know if they would kick them yet. I, I like that little joke. Kick the baby. Don't kick the baby. Kick, kick the, the baby. baby. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So, I here did we go. laugh at that. I had to laugh at that. We get the traditional South Park disclaimer, and then we have to talk about this song and the introduction using going down South Park, gonna have ourselves time. It's by Primus. <laughs> It has this really interesting beat and bass to it. It puts you in the world that you're about to be in, which is off color, it's off beat, it's absurd. And it has the right tone for the show, I think. No, it definitely opinion. does. It definitely does, considering they never changed it. No, they, they've made <laughs> alterations to it. They make, they'll make little alterations remixes. to it. Like this one, yeah, remixes. <laughs> Yes, that is that is the term that I was looking for. Thank you. <laughs> you know when you uh you make an alteration alterations. to a music like a dress, make an alteration. <laughs> you gotta do your sketch and then make an alteration. That's right. You sketch and make an alteration. God damn it! I'm putting that on a shirt. Don't forget to sketch and make an alteration. So the first scene. <laughs> is the boys at the bus stop and they're singing school days and they're waiting for the bus to show up and Ike shows up and 
we get the four main characters. And for those of you that are uninitiated, for those listeners that are not familiar with South Park, I guess we should go over the boys. Rachel, do you want to give a description of the boys? We get it here in this first scene, but I'd like to have you give a little bit of an explanation of, of the four boys. Are you talking, like, physical description? Or are you talking about, like, personality? Like, what, do you, what do you want? I want your... If you were, if you met an alien from this episode... I met an alien. <laughs> and they asked you, who are, the, who are the boys in South Park? How would you describe them? <clears throat> so the way that they they stand is the way I'm going to to discuss them, uh, which I think the they always stand in. They this order. always stand in this order, which is funny because <laughs> Kyle sticks next stands next to Cartman for why? Because they want to they have to yell at each other. <laughs> it's true. Okay, so we we start off with Cartman on the far left. He's a yes, big boned individual. <laughs> Eric Cartman, big boned individual. That's right. Always in a, a blue puffball hat and a red coat <laughs> they're always yes, the in their kids, winter gear the kids are always, always wearing winter gear because it's always cold in south park yeah there's never like summer <laughs> there's never like a warm there's one day. episode i know of where it's summer yeah cartman has a very boisterous attitude kind of a jackass i mean he's yeah the, no he he's is the a jackass antagonist in way. Yeah. <laughs> he really is an antagonist in the way Constantly being made fun of her size, so that's yes. one of those things. He's a little and fat so he, kid, right? And so he kind of bullies back because he's always made fun of his for his size. Oh, that's as an well. interesting take. I think it's a back and forth. I'm just saying. I think. He's, I mean, he is. He is just. A little I think he's prick. a little jackass, anyways. Yeah. yeah. But I think he also bullies back because they constantly call him fat. All right, interesting. But interesting. I think they also call him fat because he's a jerk to them. So it's kind of difficult to to know who started where. But <laughs> he's we're fat right because he's unhappy, and he's unhappy <laughs> because he's fat. He's fat because he sits on the couch and eats cheesy poofs. Anyway, so <laughs> so now we have Kyle. I love cheesy poofs. Cheesy poofs. Okay, we'll get to that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Poofs. God damn it. I don't know when that so is. So far but I away. Love that. That's so far away. <laughs> so then we come to Kyle Brofloski, with which you understand the last name. It is Jewish. It is a Jewish last name. Um, he wears a green hat with like the earmuffs and orange jacket. Him and Cartman are kind of always going back and forth with each other. It's fat boy and you stupid Jew. That's legitimately mm-hmm. the back and forth between these we, two characters. Our South Park episodes are going to be marked explicit, folks, because if we're doing some I don't, impressions I, of the I don't mean any of it. <laughs> we, we're going to say what they say. Because they, um, they act like little shits to each other because that's what oh, kids absolutely. do. Absolutely. Have any, do any of you play online horrible. games? This is what they are oh. like. God, it's got you got to be careful if you ever play online with random children who will just start like yelling slurs. <laughs> you cannot. It is yeah, not safe. They grow up to be horrible adults, but that's also true. That's that's most people. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I, I, I would I would describe Kyle as Kyle's like the a bit smart softer one. though. Yeah, he's more of the smart one of the group, the logical one. Right. He kind of can get a little bit snarkier. He can get, like, those quips back and forth a little bit quicker than the rest of them. Mm-hmm. 
So then, I think he's supposed to be kind of based on Matt Stone. Like Matt Stone definitely Matt Stone voices Kenny and Kyle. But okay. I think it's supposed to be like Kyle is kind of like a little bit surrogate Matt, a little bit. That's I don't good. know if their personalities are any <laughs> any anyway the same, but they're Jewish and like he well, has the big, I was gonna say, the big isn't red Matt hair also afro. Stuart Jewish, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it makes sense. Yeah. So next up then, number three in the in the group uh, is Kenny. If you're if you're keeping track, <laughs> is Kenny next in the way that they stand? In the way they're standing here, I usually think that Kenny's on the end. I think they flipped them. I think they flip, yeah. But on this first episode, Kenny's in the middle with with Kyle. And and Kenny, what's his last name? McCormick. He's McCormick. Kenny McCormick is in a big poofy coat. Like a big poof coat where like you you tie the strings and only your eyes are showing. (laughs) And he's in, um, the, he's in the Maggie Simpson starfish outfit. Pretty much. It's kid. bright orange. So <laughs> think like Christmas story and the brother and he yes. can't speak or move. Yes. I mean, like, it's the same idea, right? Mm-hmm. And so, that's Kenny. That was perfect. That's all he does. That was actually perfect. He just... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. But that's, that is how Kenny speaks. Every line he says is behind, like, a muffled speech, so you can barely understand him. You kind of get the idea of what he's saying, and because the boys know what he's saying, they, react they kind it, of, yeah. like, yeah, they react to it, and then you, oh, you're you like, oh, okay, that's what he was saying. That's what he was, right. like, trying to trying to tell. So he's the kind of kid that eats bugs. No, yeah, and... he's, he's probably at eat bugs. Like the, the he's like downing the the paste in the room, and he knows too much about the world. He he's for for his age. That's a good way to say that. I think he that he kind of he knows too much. He's supposed he's like it's kind of <laughs> he's the, poor. He's the poor. He kid. is poor. Yeah, so he's kind of the has to grow up faster than everybody, but he's not. He like refuses type of kid. And then I, I, he always he he's always killed, like all, always, so. yeah. <laughs> like always. I do love. We won't get to it for a very long time, but I love the retcon lore that they do on why he gets killed constantly. Do you do yeah. you know the? Have you ever watched that one? I feel like I have, but it's I don't one of remember their it at all. Yeah, when we get to it, I really love the retcon. I'm kind of excited. Do. I'm excited yeah. for this. Yeah. <laughs> And then last but not least, we have Stan. Stan Marsh here on the end. Um, Stan Marsh. Marsh. I feel like I had to say it like that, and I was trying not to. We won't get to that episode Stan for a while either. Um, Stan Darsh. Stan Darsh is more like it. it. So Stan Marsh, I would call the average kid. He's got the I blue think it's and supposed red to be like the ball hat. Like, yeah. Yeah, he's got red the, the brown hat. jacket. Yeah. <laughs> but I I think he's the average. And I, I could see you saying like he is the tray, but I think he's kind of just like the average kid, just like, you know, there he he's is. He's the sweet one. He's the one that has more uh, kind heart. of a bleeding heart. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I could I could kind of see that. He does have like the heart of the group. So that that makes sense. So that those are the four of our our friends that are constantly with each other through thick and thin, <laughs> and really yeah, quite crazy frankly, things yeah. like being abducted by aliens and having an anal probe put up your butt. I mean, so 
Well, and the idea too would be that everything that we know, you know, you have to have those four those four quadrants, those four different types of characters. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Ooh. Fantastic Four, yeah, others, the Other. Ghostbusters. <laughs> um, they all have four different types of characters. <laughs> Insert more four person character. Our listener listeners together. out there, yeah, come up with more other stuff that uh that has four and, and explain how which one is in which category like actually yeah, i want you together. to yes explain i want to see as yeah i want give a, me chart. a matrix okay yes <laughs> uh, a poster with like all of the the four quadrants and then like their heads are in each one yes that'd be great yes exactly yeah. I w- i'll put that on a t-shirt that's out actually that sounds like fun can we actually <laughs> do that can we actually do that? I will put that together. We can do that. Yeah, we can put it on our shelf life merch page. Shelf I think life that merch. Fun. Uh, insert whatever the shelf life merch page ends up being here. <laughs> okay, that's a good summary. Let me take a minute here, Rachel. Even though I mean, we always do longer on the first episode because we're establishing the characters. But let me show you what Comedy Central said about the four boys and how they would depict the four of them. Did you see how they were standing in that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they when were they say standing about in the wrong... The cute one. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's the right order. Yeah, so you're right. They are standing in the wrong order in the first scene. They then. flip-flopped them. I don't know what this they one look, is, this original. It looks trailer. better with Kenny on the end because of the orange having, like, being next to each other. So Comedy Central says, and and... and this is what they say. We have Cartman, the fat one. Kyle, yep. the smart one. Kenny, the lucky one. I don't know if I would call him lucky. And then well, we have Stan, the cute one. <laughs> yeah, I like the way that you describe them more. And you kind of get that idea right off the bat. Their personalities are pretty well defined even in this first episode. Oh, absolutely. So Ike shows up and Ike is... Oh, yeah. Ike Played by is... an actual child. Played by an it's and always has been. They always yes. get a little toddler to play Ike throughout the years, and you can tell because it's oh, a Cookie Monster. Like they always are saying oh, random things. Monster. They, they just yeah. record them saying little. Things. Don't kick the baby. Kick the baby. So Ike is Kyle's little brother, and again, for those of you that are uninitiated, you may notice that Ike. Is looks different. <laughs> is animated slightly different than the rest of the characters. In Have that his head moves his, every time he talks. His, his head, his head kind of cuts in half. His mouth because is like I don't even understand as, it. Well, as we'll find out, and I think we find out in season two. I don't know if we find out in the first season. I don't remember. We find when. out. Uh, we, I, maybe they say in this episode, I don't remember, but Ike is adopted. So yes. he is Kyle's adopted little brother and he's Canadian. And as yes. we all know, all Canadians talk like this. So when you talk like this, your mouth starts going to detach from your face. So in South Park, they, they animate that motion. Apologies to all of our Canadian friends and listeners. It's a great day for Canada and thus the rest of the world. (laughs) One day. One day we'll get to that one. One day. 
one day. I actually a lot of I like a lot of the Canada episodes. I think. Oh, the Canada episodes are some of the best. So Ike wants to go to school with Kyle, and Cartman calls him a dildo. <laughs> and I think that they were just trying to see how many times they could get away with saying dildo on television. They as must I'm trying have. to do right now is how many times I can say dildo on the internet. Yeah, we already have it explicit. You can say it as many times as you want. <laughs> oh, perfect. Well, okay then. Let me I tell love it, you though. my little. They say they say dildo, but then they're like, "What is it? I don't know." <laughs> yeah, they have no idea what a dildo is, which is perfect because when you are eight or nine years old, like you, you say you stupid don't know what a crap. Dildo is. You just know it's an insult. You heard your older cousin or somebody say dildo, and you think it's like an insult. Right. Cartman which doesn't I mean... know what he is. But Kenny does know what it is. Yes. Because they say something about a cat afterward, I think. Right? In this scene? Kenny must say something along the lines of, What's in our pudding? And they say something about, like, how would they know if he had a cat? Like, isn't that oh, kind of like... he's the... talking about the the pussy. So I censored myself slightly by doing it with the Kenny voice. <laughs> the pussy cat. <laughs> no, he's talking about the kitty. Yeah, the kitty. Yeah. If you know what a kitty is, you'll understand that one. And now I'll for my five-minute song that deal. I am going to give you now about dildos in the form Great. of Chef. Well, where do dildo get? I love Chef. So I bring up Chef because ridiculous well first first cartman talks about having a dream where he was abducted by visitors they're calling them visitors which is their way of saying aliens but chef pulls up and we get isaac hayes as chef so talking about kick the baby did kick the baby happen but first yes. oh yeah you're right you're right kick the baby <laughs> happens kyle picks up ike and swings him into cartman no, that's just, it's just it's just like because it's just my one of my favorites because you have this this child actor this toddler right or does chef come after i don't remember when chef comes i don't remember after. we can talk about it can be out of order doesn't there no i just i like i like the fact that kyle just like all of a sudden turns to ike and goes kick the baby like it's a game they play <laughs> yes well, and ike is a, like he's don't kick the brother. baby <laughs> We'll and then he kicks the baby. The baby. <laughs> he yeah, just punts him across the street. Chef pulls up because they're trying to they're they're kind of teasing Cartman about being abducted by aliens, and Cartman's like, "It, it was a dream, goddammit!" And <laughs> Chef comes up, and the, the voice Cartman's voice isn't quite right yet. He's a lot more like the me when he's here. He's here. Oh seriously, guys, seriously. Yeah, talks a lot more like this. Compared to what he ends up being, what everyone knows is the right. Cartman voice. So Chef pulls up and asks if they saw the alien spaceship last night. And Chef is played by Isaac Hayes, the famed uh, legendary soul singer. Is that kind of the genre that you would call what Isaac Isaac Hayes? He's he's in the same like Barry White. Uh, he was a little more a little more explicit, I would say. I, I don't know, but he's got a R&D very soul, yeah. Yeah, so he's got a very deep, sultry voice. And he does. He's got a fantastic voice. Oh, it's such a good voice. And they wanted to get Isaac Hayes for the show to play Chef. And I think I've watched an interview from Isaac Hayes back in the day where he wanted to get into... He wanted to do voice 
acting. He wanted to do something with voice acting. And his agent one day called and was like, hey, I got good news. I got, you know, you can get a voice acting gig. And he thought it was going to be Disney. And he was all excited because he was like, yes, it's going to be Disney. I'm going to be in a Disney movie. And then when he was, and they were like, uh, it's this, it's this show on Comedy Central. <laughs> You're going to play the school chef that sings to the kids all of the problems. <laughs> but he's great. And I think he really enjoyed playing chef and he played it for a long time before there was a falling out because of some things that we'll get to down the line but i think if people know isaac hayes nowadays it's because of chef he became a legendary character and chef is a great character too his idea is that he's one of the town one of the few minorities in the town he is a the black guy of the town that is a chef his big hobbies are cooking for the children yes and making sweet, sweet love to as many women in the town as possible. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> no, I agree. <laughs> I would say that's his hobbies, yeah. So Chef asks if the they saw the alien spaceship, and Cartman starts to get a little worried that he was actually abducted, and Chef asks him if he was anally probed. And, of course, then the boys are teasing Cartman that he's, he got anal probed. And Absolutely. Chef as children do tells them to watch out because the fat boy could be under alien control Um. and he takes off (laughs) just leaves so then the bus comes and kyle tells like to go home this is when he plays kick the baby again or the first time i can't remember and he kicks ike through the bus (laughs) and everything moves a little slow and spotty you can tell when he kicks ike through the bus like you can almost see the stop the stop motion yes and the shadows on everything, too, by the way. Oh, yes. Heavy shadows, because it's just layered. Because you know they just have this light that's, like, shining on it. <laughs> and it's all these layered, like, pieces. Oh, my gosh. It really is unlike anything you've ever seen before. It's, Absolutely. It's, it's quite great. And there's nothing really in the background. The backgrounds are very sparse. Sure. I mean, there's a mountain, because it's Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. And then this is where we also get the bus drivers. Is oh my god! I forgot about this bus driver, and then I see her, and I was like, "Oh my god!" I remember this gross woman. This is a pretty and that's accurate the only depiction thing... of most bus drivers that I think kids deal with on a daily basis growing up. Just the sit horrifying. down and shut up. It's either this or Chris Farley from Billy Madison. Yes. It's kind of that. I'll drive this bus into the Drive this damn bus around. (laughs) She's sit down and shut up. Even even Kyle and Stan sitting in the back swearing and her being like, what did you say? And then like covering it up. Like it's, it is pretty accurate and pretty perfect. Yeah. (laughs) But the visitors abduct Ike and then the boys try to get the bus driver to stop. But she oh, won't it do it. Too. She's too mean to stop. Right. She doesn't believe them. Yeah, she doesn't believe them. Because there's just these two very gray, very, like, alien aliens. <laughs> oh, yes, Ike, they're, and nobody's they're gonna definitely grays. Well, you know about grays. This is one of your things. Like, grays are a type of alien. It's the a standard. Of aliens. <laughs> huh? Yeah, no, I, there's a lot of different talk about what aliens would actually look like as if they would be humanoid or if they would have, like, 
this weird head with these giant black eyes like they they always usually show on a lot of places yes they make a fart joke here i don't remember what the fart joke is i just wrote down in my notes that they make a fart joke and then it cuts to the alien spaceship taking off oh i think they like make it really tense like what are we gonna do and then one of them farts and then they laugh at the fart i think that's what happened wow they've come come a long way It's pretty obvious that they're trying to get away with doing as much as they can with some sort of cohesive narrative as opposed to nowadays where they have kind of mastered the art of making these shows in the week, you know, six-day time period. Oh, yeah. So we get Officer Barbrady. Officer Barbrady. (laughs) Barbrady. I did a crusty the clown. Officer Barbrady, who has not changed. Okay. This is, this is one of those characters here. that I think <laughs> stayed the exact same. I disagree. Well, he stays the same for like twenty years. He has a character okay. arc in like season twenty or something. That's okay. <laughs> but he. But he doesn't the... change much. No, he does not. He is the <laughs> local dopey idiot cop. That's his stereotypical role which they're yes. able to use a lot of police officer humor on officer barbary very true and we find out that yep. he's illiterate at some point too <laughs> so oh yeah you do because he's like no you read it like he wouldn't yeah. he doesn't read anything he makes everybody else read it for him yeah because he's trying to find out who who fucked those chickens <sighs> that that's later this is that how he's be being turned inside out said in this episode actually <laughs> Yes, yes it is. Good job. <laughs> I, I need it. We're putting the explicit banner on here. I have to say, <laughs> mother and whatever I'm else is on the I'm bleeping every single dirty. one of those. I'm bleeping every one of them. I, think I want, I want I everybody actually, to guess what Kevin just said. <laughs> I actually kind of like when South Park does have to bleep it sometimes because it makes it funnier. Sometimes bleeps are funnier. Well, especially my, when there's, it's my hot I think, take. is it at, is it at the end of this episode or one of the it's other ones? It's at the end of this episode, yeah. Where, yes. where, where Kyle just starts talking and every single thing out of his mouth is bleeped and it's great. Yes. yes. Folks at home, let us know what your opinion is on this. I think, not all the time. Sometimes, I don't no. want like movies bleeped necessarily. Like I don't want, I don't want the censorship, but if you self-censor it sometimes to have the bleep in there because you want the audience's imagination to run wild, like like at the yeah. end of this episode. I think sometimes it can be funnier that way. South Park, bigger, longer, and uncut. I don't want the bleeps. They, I want them actually saying the words in that. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, it, it's just no, it makes sense. Select, select, like what Rachel just did to me. I know she f***ing bleeped me. <laughs> yes, I did. And just now, too. <laughs> For no reason. He didn't even say anything bad. <laughs> So Officer Barbrady is investigating a cow being turned inside out, which is very funny. I think the idea being that they're in this small town so that this cop is investigating this cow being turned inside out. Well, it's kind of like the case of cow tipping type of thing, but instead the cow is completely inside out. Yeah, the cows are mutilated, yeah. Right. Poor cows, they're so cute. (laughs) I do like the animation on the cows in South Park. They're adorable. And Officer Barbrady says that, it, oh, it happens all the time. And I love that it cuts to the cows and they all, they, the one cow shakes his head. 
like they understand. <laughs> like, no, no, it doesn't. No, no, no. <laughs> but they're all, the cows are all worried about who's going to be the next, like, they're, they're afraid that they're going to be next. Who's, who's going to be the next right. cow that gets mutilated. And a bunch of helicopters fly overhead and the visitors show back up to, I oh, guess, yeah, they're, to they're talking about the UFOs and everything, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because the, oh, I can't remember the, the farmer's name. But the, the farmer is saying that there's a bunch of weird stuff going on. And Officer Barbary is trying to tell him, like, there's nothing weird going on. So then a bunch of, like, right. Black Hawk helicopters fly overhead. Exactly. And the visitors show back up. I can't tell what they're trying to do with the cows. Are they trying to tempt the cows? Because the cows all run. I assume they either run away from the visitors or they run to try to, like, well, strengthen numbers. I assume that they're trying to, like, yeah, maybe maybe they're trying to stop them from, from doing it again, but also realizing that the, the aliens want them for some reason, so if they all go together, maybe they can't do anything to them. I think yeah. that makes sense. I think that makes sense, because I, I feel like the cows in this are extraordinarily smart. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, the cows, they don't use the cows a lot anymore, I don't think, but in these early seasons, they use the cows, and there's a couple of funny things that they do with the cows throughout the, the first few uh, sure. seasons. And we go to the boys' classroom, and we get the introduction of our future president, Mr. Herbert Garrison. He has a, an ex- oh, as Garrison. you were saying offline he does everything and anything throughout the series he really does he goes through a lot of different life changes and and right now in this one he is his puppet friend that's right mr <laughs> hat mr hat who is his i guess his way of of help he teach he helps me teach the children mr hat no, yeah, I guess that's a that's a way to say it. Like maybe it started out as teaching the children with uh with a puppet, and then it became his other way of speaking. His split I personality, guess, like, he spe- yeah, because he speaks through it. It's kind of like, well, it's the stuff that I can't say myself. I'm gonna let Mister Hat say it. You know, like yes. I feel like that's what's happening. Yeah, he blames things on Mister Hat. Right, and he talks in with like kind of an effeminate accent or some like I don't. It's some sort of like voice it's some type of accent yeah. it is some sort of accent mr garrison <laughs> yeah mr garrison yeah i don't and yeah he, i guess yeah <laughs> he is telling the kids and I'll, i'm going to use the the verbiage that he tells the kids with this he tells the kids that the indians helped columbus win the war against frederick Douglass. <laughs> i love the running bit of south park through the first several seasons where the boys are doing something in class and or Mr. Garrison is teaching them history completely wrong or he's teaching them the history of television or something completely stupid. Oh, something ridiculous, right. Yeah, I love that running bit. Kyle gets mad that he has to do everything for Ike. He's talking about how he has to do all this stuff for his little brother. This is where I can't remember if he says he's adopted or not. And he tells Mr. Garrison that he has to leave to save his brother that was abducted by aliens. Mr. Garrison tells Kyle that he can ask Mr. Hat if he can leave. And he doesn't want to ask Mr. Hat, but he's like, go ahead, Kyle, ask Mr. Hat. So Kyle asks Mr. Hat, and what does Mr. Hat say, Rachel? Well, you're kind of expecting something nice to be said because you don't really know the teacher yet. I mean, we know the teacher, right? (laughs) So... The thing that comes out of Mr. Hat's mouth... Oh, that doesn't... Well, I mean, it's really... 
Anyways, well, no, Kyle. You go to hell. You go to hell and you die. You go to hell. You go to hell and you die. <laughs> you go to hell. You go to hell and you die. That's what Mr. Hat says. Mr. Hat is violent. Yes, Mr. Hat's very mean to them. I remember that being said a lot on the playground. Oh my god, it's isn't it? You go to hell, yes. you go to hell and you die. Like that yes. was a thing That's a that is a very quoted kids. thing. Yeah. Yes. I don't know why cuz I mean it's not You go to hell. You go to hell and you die. <laughs> I mean, we kind of find out in South Park that's kind of how it works in this universe. Yeah, but... you, you don't actually have to die first. You can go to hell first if you want to. Cartman uh... farts and flames come out. <laughs> I don't like fart jokes, but the way you said oh, that I was love, hilarious. A good fart joke is great. Oh, man. This is a good fart joke. I think it's a good fart joke. So the flames come out, and they say it's got to be because of the probe. And right. Gar- Garrison asks I like if, this, he, yeah. if he wants to go sit in the corner until he gets his gas under control. Flaming gas. <laughs> and uh. then Cartman, no, Mr. Garrison. And he farts again, and he sets Pip <laughs> on fire. Poor Pip. <laughs> Has to oh, be... Pip gets it. He, they, yeah, they he gets thought, fart flamed. That's awful. They thought that Pip was going to be a bigger character. I almost feel like Pip and Butters switch places around. Ooh, that's a good point. Like season three or four. Yeah, probably. Because but in my like, if you're going to say that it's the four boys, Butters is the fifth boy. Yeah, Butters is the fifth wheel. But they don't Butters really. Is absolutely the fifth wheel. But they don't really talk about Butters a lot yet. Like Butters is definitely no. the top secondary character after the no after they, the they're boys. they're trying to get pip and is it just because he has an english accent so they're trying to make him like the token englishman yeah they want to do a bunch of british jokes so <laughs> they're putting <laughs> Pip in. that's clearly why i mean remember they have very they were just like two guys living in an apartment together in la they you know that they probably were doing oh oh my dear like they were doing acts oh yeah and stuff with each other very akin to the you know our our office expert and myself in college doing funny crap to each other all the time too absolutely we cut to the cows again and they're by this train i think they're gonna try to skip town (laughs) to try to avoid being mutilated by the aliens Oh, so they did run away from the aliens. Okay, so yeah. that's what it was. So the aliens tried to get them to come over, but the, the cows yeah. ran away going, no, 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 we all got to get the hell out of here. I We're going think to the train. that's what happened. And, yeah. and then, I love this part. This and then the conductor tells <laughs> The conductor tells him they can't go on this train because it's a people train, not a it's train a for cows. <laughs> It's just the delivery to, that they give him. Yes! So good. And to not try any of that cow hypnosis. <laughs> is that just them staring? Like, what does that mean? <laughs> I love it. Yeah, those little so lines. Cute. It's those little lines that I think make South Park so good. Just the. Because there's nothing. This is a very, very simple and short episode but it's those it's little silly. line deliveries that, yeah it's so silly and goofy as a kid maybe you didn't understand it but like now you're just like it's so perfect in the way that they say these lines 
And Barbara, he tries to catch them, but they all run away. So then we get a very famous setup for a South Park scene, which is they're in the lunch line. And the boys point out Wendy, who Stan has a crush on. Wendy Testaburger. Can you do a Wendy Testaburger impression, Rachel? I don't think I can. You have to, like, really squeeze your voice box. When? <clears throat> Hi, Steve. Hold on, I... hold on. I, I think I need to hear it. Hi, Steve. You're asking me with a very deep voice <laughs> to actually do this voice. Hi, Stan. It's hard to do. We'll Hi, get into Stan. the voice actors. I don't think I can. That's as high as I can go, I think. It's hard. There's a... I think it's in the second season DVD. Maybe it's in the first season. I, I haven't watched all the first season episodes yet, full disclosure, while we're doing this episode. The actress that does Wendy, there's a there's an actor that does all of the voices for the women of South Park in the first few seasons. Mary Kay Bergman was the first one that did the majority of the female characters she and we'll get into it more in season three i think is when this happened but she committed suicide in 1999 so they they, they brought in someone else to of course to do the the voices but there is a behind the scenes and in, in after the first or second season where they show her doing the voice acting and and she really does it she really gets her voice to do the pitch that wendy has like it's not modified or anything it's it was like it was like whoa i can't believe that she could actually do that so i I thought that was funny it's always weird to see the face of the person doing a voice in a cartoon it's weird it's so weird because it's a lot of the times it's somebody you don't expect and then you're like wait what (laughs) and then you're like how is that person doing that voice it's just crazy there's this interesting animation on stan he gets like this weird smile on his face like a dopey (laughs) love struck smile i guess is what you'd say it is right we have to point out that this is the first time that we get i'm not fat i'm big i'm just big boned yep (laughs) one of cartman's signature catchphrases from this show and Cartman would end up being plastered on t-shirts all over the place it became because the thing about well we'll get into it after this episode but but it, I mean I'm not fat on Big Bo that's definitely something that comes up everywhere and Absolutely. they talk about how every time Wendy talks to Stan he throws up because I think it's supposed to be like it's a joke about how nervous he gets and and of course it's an excuse for them to be able to do a puke joke and Despite getting puked on by him at this point, she comes up to him and gives him a note saying that she wants to meet him after school. This is where Kenny says the thing about uh, a cat. Because Kyle says, what if she wants to kiss you? And Kenny goes, what if she wants you to kiss her pussy? And that's where one of them goes, how do you know that she has a cat? That's what it was. Yes. Yes, that did happen here. I think I missed it because I just remember hearing... How do you know she has a cat? And then nothing. <laughs> it's just like, wait, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that's how you, you know that what makes sense Kenny now. referred to. They're asking Chef a question. Chef's got uh, Salisbury steak ready for them. And he starts to sing them about making love to a woman. I'm gonna make love to your woman. Gonna lay you down by the fire. It's one of his greatest hits. Chef's greatest hits. Uh, he's so good. 
there's so much about this first episode that ha- that is South Park. Yes. Compared to the first episodes that we've watched of other series, this episode like, has well, they're so... they're trying to find themselves. Yeah, they're trying they to find themselves. where they want to be. <laughs> You're right. I mean, yeah, I don't know if they knew what would hit or not, but there's a lot of greatest, you know, hits that yes. they bring, that they come back to. They're recurring gags. Right. The boys interrupt him because they're saying that that doesn't help. And when they tell him that Ike's been abducted by aliens, by the visitors, I do yeah. love Chef's turn here because he's like, well, we got Salisbury steak today. And then when they tell him that, he, that he's been abducted, he goes, what the hell are you doing here? Staying in school, eating Salisbury <laughs> steak. You got to get out there and find him, damn it. And I love Isaac Hayes's pronunciation of Salisbury steak. It's, it's very good. <laughs> Cartman farts and yep. this contraption comes out. This contraption with an eye comes out. Yes, there's this eyeball comes out. And throughout this whole thing, Cartman is trying to deny the fact that he was abducted. He does not want to admit that he was abducted. So they are able to get out because Chef pulls the fire alarm and and they make a plan to get Ike. I thought it was interesting that Chef pulls the fire alarm here. I feel in future episodes, they wouldn't have even tried to explain it. The boys would have just, like, walked out of the school or something. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They wouldn't even try to, like, have a situation happen or some sort of excuse. It's just like, no, we're leaving. That's it. (laughs) Cartman gets hit by a laser here because, again, he's denying that he was abducted. And from the sky, this laser hits him. And he begins to dance and sing to the song, I want to sing to the moon and... Folks at home, I really hope by this point in our run of Shelf Life, you've taken all of the times I've sung and you've put it behind, you've put a backing track behind it and put that somewhere (laughs) for my benefit. If not for all of the other lifers and listeners' benefit. But I want to sing to the moon and the tuna and the springer. I want to sing Rachel, do you know what that's from? Uh, I only know it from a cartoon. Yes, when I was that's a what kid. it's from. Is it Go from ahead, that explain, explain it to the folks at home because I guarantee is you this really? is obscure. Yes, this Wait, is. Wait, is from. it from that? Is that really? Yes, this why? Yes, it's a reference to that. So go ahead. It's a cartoon about this little. I think he's an owl. I think he's an owl. Yeah, <laughs> this little owl. Who wants to sing and dance, but, like, I think it's where his, like, parents don't want him to do that. It's one of those situations where they have, like, this thing set up. It's very jazz singer, yes. It's... Yeah, and he's like, but I just want to sing, and so... <laughs> yes, it's, it's, it's high school it. musical. But it, it's literally just about this little owl who wants to sing, and eventually they find out, oh, wait, he's actually really good, and then he he wants to, like, win a prize, and... And so he does. And this is the song he sings. I want to sing it. <laughs> to the moon and the tune and the spring. I, I didn't realize that's exactly what it was from. I didn't know if they were, if he just like sang a song that was real. <laughs> no, that's what it's from. And that's why they reference it here. Because even the animation, I think, is oh my God, based so on the funny. owl. Yeah. <laughs> so it's our first reference from I, South Park. I love warner brothers cart like cartoons too so like of course i would remember um, that <laughs> well you you have some on the list stay tuned folks on hey i Babera, warner brothers all of that yeah 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 <laughs> doing all of them we're doing uh 
who plays Hitler in one of the Warner in one of the Looney Tunes? Like, because Donald Duck plays Hitler in one of the Disney shorts, but I don't know who plays it. It's got to be Daffy, right? It's got to be Daffy. Yeah, it's got to be Daffy. Could be Porky. I could see. Well, Porky might have been Mussolini. Ooh, Porky or Stalin. Yeah. So anyway, Porky's not very innocent. As much as they, like, pretend that he is. It's like, nah, you gotta go back into his past there. <laughs> we'll get there one day. We have a lot of stuff on this list, so we are truly doing this forever. The aliens come back, and they hit Kenny with a laser. This is the first, oh my god, they killed Kenny. But, yes. Kenny is okay. Yes. <laughs> Until... Cattle run him over. Yeah, he's fine. And then Barbara runs him over. <laughs> and that kills him. And I thought it was funny that they don't even take the first episode to change their own trope. Like no. their their trope is that they always kill Kenny and they're already playing with that trope in the pilot. Right. <laughs> It's already, like, uh, subverting your expectations of Kenny being dead. <laughs> like, how did you do this already, guys? What are you doing? It's the first Which episode. Which I assume is because they kill him in the spirit of Christmas that they... Oh, they, that makes sense. Because yeah. they're, everything they're doing, they're playing off of the, the, the viral video that they made. So they try to prove that Kenny is dead to Cartman, but he's like, <gasps> No, no, it's fine. I have not been abducted by aliens. And he well, goes home. Just... No, but this is the first, screw you guys, I'm going home. <laughs> does he say screw you guys, I'm going home? Yes! I think he just does it. Does he, he does. say it? No, he says it. <laughs> okay. Then this is, a, again, another they, put it on a Literally, this, is, this actual episode does hit, like, everything yeah. that they continue with. Like, they yes. Just, there it is, and we're just going to keep going. That's why I find it peculiar, because in some ways, this is so crude and rudimentary and not what South Park is. And in other ways, it's like, here are all of the hits that we... It's exactly what South Park is. Yeah. I guess it's all of the hits in the small jokes that they make in their gimmicks. But the overall construction and characterization isn't there yet. But they have the jokes. Yes. Yes. So Cartman goes home, and I always loved how there's pictures of real people in the background in in some of the houses. <laughs> like, the Cartmans just have a framed picture of someone, some real person, sitting on the table next to where Cartman eats his cheesy poops. Right. It's so weird. This is where we get you're not fat, you're big boned from Cartman's mom. Cartman's mom making His her first weird appearance. mother. Oh, she's so weird. She well, she's weirder a, than... Well, she's a depiction of... She's a single mother. Gotta give her credit for that. And yeah. where she doesn't get credit for is she clearly spoils the hell... He's a spoiled brat, right? Oh my god, absolutely. She's trying to give him powdered donut pancake surprise, which sounds delicious. <laughs> it sounds fantastic. I would only be able to eat, like, two bites of it. <laughs> Do you think that powdered donut so pancake surprise... Like, in the 25 years that have happened since this first episode in this recording there's got to be a restaurant out there that serves this right a powdered do- a pancakes covered with powdered donuts i feel like that's got to like if that's not at denny folks at home let us know if there is a restaurant out there that serves it and do they call it powdered donut pancake surprise i know that trey and matt bought casa bonita 
I feel like they've got to serve it there. They should have menu items of stuff that Cartman would eat at Casa Bonita now. What I love is if you try to look up Powdered Donut Pancake Surprise, there's like like different people have tried it in different variations. Oh really? It's fantastic. Yes, okay, like on, there's there's the there's the one that looks identical to what she made, with the one donut sticking out of the pancake. <laughs> <laughs> but then there's like other variations of it where it's just like thick pancakes with donuts or like donut shaped pancakes that are really thick. Folks at home, for those of fantastic. you that have, for those of you that have kids, or for those of you that have roommates or a spouse or whatever, I want you to get up early one morning, like a weekend morning, like a Saturday morning, and I would like you to make your family or friends or whoever you live with. If you live by yourself, you can do this for yourself too. Make yourself a little treat and make powdered donut pancake surprise. And I want you to let us know what the reaction of of the people in your house was when you made this contraption. (laughs) <laughs> i do love that she walks is this when she walks away and she says would you like a chicken pot pie and he's like it hey, sounds pretty good and and then she he goes she goes do you want the cheesy poofs and he goes yeah i want cheesy poofs oh that's like that's a classic too you always it's gotta have so the cheesy poofs good. you know i still call i call them cheesy poofs i even like cheetos cheetos brand I will even... cheese puffs cheesy poofs Yes, I call them cheesy poofs <laughs> because of South Park. I call them cheesy poofs. Those are like the big, like the big tubs you see at like yes. the stores with those actual, truly like, are cheesy cheese poofs. balls in them. Yeah, cheesy poofs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you I have always it. called them cheesy poofs. Now that I'm thinking yes. back to our lives together, yeah. cheesy poofs. But it's like a cuter way of saying it. <laughs> So we get to the next scene and Stan keeps puking on Wendy when Wendy tries to talk to him. Kyle wants them to get it over with and make sweet love because once they get it over with and make sweet love, they can they can go find Ike. There's a scene at Cartman's house where the news is talking about the crop circles and yes. they <laughs> back out and the crop circle is just... I thought it was a boob at first. I thought it was, I a, thought boob it was a boob joke. Okay, wait, wait. I okay, literally on the, it was on the TV and it was this like it was a circle with another circle in the middle of it and I went boobs. Yeah. They made them into boobs and then it was Carmen's face. It was Carmen's face. <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, I'm sorry, Carmen. I didn't mean to call your eyes boobs." <laughs> do you think that's intentional or do you Probably. think Okay. Maybe just a happy accident. I don't know. <laughs> because it was very... It yeah, was very it boob-like. Like boob. <laughs> it was very boob-like. And Cartman says that it looks like Tom Selleck. He cannot recognize that it looks like him. I don't think he wants to. He's eating there eating a pot pie, and Kitty wants some of the pot pie. Yep. And we get the very, I love, no kitty, this is my pot pie. I love. I love that, yeah. No kitty, that's a bad kitty. I love that. Yeah, uh, no kitty, it's my pot pie. <laughs> and Cartman it gets higher tells, and higher. Yes. Cartman tells his mom that kitty's being a dildo. Yes. And his mom says that the kitty will have to sleep with mommy tonight. 
That is one of those jokes where I, I think, think it's a gross joke. They would not make that a few seasons into the show. They well, make that I, for like the I shock went... humor. Well, it was a shock humor for me because I, I went, did they really mean what I think they meant? Gross. Like, I actually said that they, out they loud. They do. Like, and and Cartman's, Cartman's mom, as we come to find out, is a slut. Oh, yeah. But by their definition, wow, by their words. Wow, wow, wow. I'm Don't using their shame. own... <laughs> I'm using their terminology, the terminology she of the, the She does definitely enjoy sex, yes. Yes, she is very sex positive. <laughs> She's sex and... weird, though, as well. <laughs> uh, I guess I shouldn't be judging. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, don't kink shame. Now who's kink shaming? <laughs> My bad. My bad. Apologies to our listeners out there. <laughs> But I feel like they definitely would not have added that line into the show if it weren't season one. I think that that's definitely something where they were trying to get away with something. Wendy comes up with a plan to use the fat kid as bait to try to bring Ike back. Because if they put something in his butt... Why did I say butt? When they put something in his ass... (laughs) Why did you say the fat kid? Did she say the fat kid? She says the fat kid. Okay. Then they can lure the aliens back because they obviously want something to do with Cartman. Yeah. Stan is afraid to do anything with Wendy there, I notice. He doesn't really talk or move his head. He stands kind of straight at the camera as long as Wendy is there because he's, he's got a crush on her. Right. Cartman farts on Kitty, sets her on fire. Of course. And then his mom wants him to go play outside when Wendy and Kyle and Stan show up and they tell Cartman to come play. And this was out of character for Cartman's mom, where she's telling him, like, Eric, just go outside. Please just go outside. And she's never this forceful with him. Usually. Usually. I have a feeling that it's it's an it's alluding to her probably having a friend over ah okay so that's possible perfect time no you need to leave because (laughs) this is about to get down so (laughs) i i I feel like with what we find out later i think that's what that was happening that is very possible so they hook up cartman to a tree with a rope because they're like well if we hook you up cartman then they can't abduct you you'll be fine and they wait and they keep telling eric that he has to fart some more fart some more cartman Keep farting. Yeah, because, well, that's when the eye came out, was when he farted. So he has to fart again. (laughs) They keep making Uh. fart jokes. They keep making as many fart jokes as they can. And he farts enough. (laughs) This is completely absurd, but it is... I thought it was still kind of funny. That a satellite dish comes out, and Cartman still doesn't want to believe it. Yeah, like a gigantic satellite dish. And Kyle's like... Cartman, there's an 80-foot satellite dish coming out of your ass. And he's like, very yep. funny, guys. Very right. funny. The aliens show up in a much bigger spaceship than we've seen from them before at this point. Well, they, and it's visit... like the mothership versus, you know, uh, like that's the right. little yes. baby ships that come down, yes. you know. Yes, like in an Independence <laughs> Day. Yeah. The visitors come down, and Kyle asks them for Ike. So he tries to plead with their humanity for lack of a better term they're aliens so they're not humans they're sympathy and he does the first you know i've learned something today and he tries to tell them that he's learned that having a little brother is nice 
and that doesn't work. They just turn around, like, Kyle asks Stan, did that work? And Stan says, no, they, they're leaving. And so Kyle goes <laughs> off. And this is where we get the, the, all the swearing and it's all bleeped out. You don't, it's kind of hard to tell exactly what he was saying here. I think sure that's the joke. But, well, yeah, it was impossible to understand what he was saying. Everything was bleeped. Everything was bleeped. So it could have been anything. And this is where, again, they the trope of South Park is to always, at the end of the episode, go, you know, I learned something today. They changed it because they made it so it didn't work. In the first episode, they did this. Right. Ike has opened the door or something of the spaceship, so he's just <laughs> hanging out by the door. And right. Kyle tells him to jump. And he won't do it because he is afraid to jump. In the meantime, the aliens have started communicating with the cows. I love this back and forth communication between the aliens and the cows. It's so stupid and oh, simple and funny. Because well, the aliens are just going... they here for humans. Yeah. They came here for the cows. They came here for the cows. <laughs> they tell them that they're the most wise species on the planet. And they're just going moo moo. Moo 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 moo. Moo yes. moo moo. And and the cow and the cows are going back. They're just mooing back, and they're just like, right. and my, the best part is when they're like, "Well, then why did you turn us inside out?" And the one guy's like, "Oh, that was my fault. My bad. Like he made a right. mistake. Like oh, I was totally an accident." <laughs> and they leave the cows a gift, which we find out what it does later. Right. Yes, it's a weird looking disc thing. And they leave, but before they leave. Kyle is trying to get Ike to come off of the spaceship. So he tells Ike to do his impression of David Caruso's career. This is where we get, I don't know, is this one of our first instances of a, outside of the spirit of Christmas, of a celebrity being named. South Park and Trey and Matt especially love to poke little Easter egg fun. Well, I guess Tom Selleck was mentioned. But they like to poke fun at celebrities because they hate celebrities they hate hollywood with sure. good reason and they like to make fun at, of how up their own ass people in hollywood can be <laughs> so this was the first instance of that probably because they didn't really make fun of tom Selleck, but of making fun of david caruso so he tells him to do his impression of david caruso's career and Ike goes it's my turn and falls off of the spaceship <laughs> David Caruso, for me, and what you will know him from, Rachel, is CSI. That was after this episode, though. So before that, he was supposed to be on NYPD Blue. Okay. But he didn't get a raise that he wanted, so he left the show, and maybe that's what they're referring to. He was in some bad movies and stuff. I'm not really, sh and bad TV shows in, in the mid-90s. So I think that's got to be the joke. And or it's just pick a random actor that's not in a lot of stuff at the moment and just throw his name in there. Because a lot of the sure. South Park celebrity stuff, which we'll get into in the next episode, they just like to pick a random celebrity and make fun of them for no particular reason, just because they're a celebrity. The aliens abduct Cartman again. So Cartman, they're trying to abduct Cartman, but the rope is keeping him tied down. But Cartman farts on the rope and right. it sets the rope on fire and he ends up getting abducted by the aliens again. And of course, yep. Stan and Kyle and Wendy don't give a shit about Cartman. So they just no. let it happen. Well, they got Ike. That's, that's all that mattered. 
And Stan talks to Wendy without throwing up this time, and he's happy about it. But as she goes to kiss him, he pukes. The end of the episode proper, they look at the food in his puke as the camera kind of pans out. And Chef, who's been waiting to greet the aliens, has these two women come by that he apparently convinced to, like something was going to happen big and in proper chef fashion when nothing happens they're like well where is this big thing chef and he goes well it's in the bedroom ladies so like oh yeah come to my bedroom i'll show you it's like come to my bedroom that's gonna be exactly (laughs) and as the camera pans out on stan and wendy which i did like that it's in the silhouette it's it's a it's a very artistic shot that they're doing with this construction paper you get Chef singing to the two sexy ladies. <laughs> and then the epilogue from for the episode happens. It's the cows looking at the gift and trying to figure out what it does. And yes. as Barbrady comes to capture them finally to take them back to the ranch or whatever, yeah. they use it on him and it makes Barbrady start singing I Wanna Sing a. Yep. And then the cows start dancing they with... Dance. <laughs> and it's so cute! Because <laughs> their dancing is them just hopping up and down because it's yes! just little cardboard. <laughs> and then back at the bus stop the visitors drop cartman back off but right. he got pink eye he yep. got pink eye from a specific celebrity and i can't remember who scott bayo scott bayo gave him pink eye who the okay. hell is scott bayo well i'm glad that you asked rachel because part of what we're going to have to do with a lot of these south park episodes south park will do these references which may have been relevant in 1997 but aren't relevant now and or okay. it's that mystery science theater thing where you don't necessarily know what the hell they're talking about. But Scott Bayo was a huge TV guy in the 80s. He yeah. was on Happy Days. He was on Joni Loves Chachi. He was on Charles in Charge. Okay. Charles in Charge probably. I mean, he was the titular Charles in Charge. Charles in Charge. It's in that way. This is where they do some... The references to celebrities is a little bit family guy-ish, but they don't do the cutaways okay. and the and the too long a jokes. You know what I mean? Like, they don't want to be considered family guy, and they're not. They're much more no. emotionally based than family guy ever would be. But, like, those little throw-ins no, of the celebrities. They throw it in. They don't cut to something that ha- it has zero relevance to anything else that's going on. That's a good point, yes. Yes, that's a good Of course they do references and they do these, like, shots in the dark of, like, random things, but they don't just... And now off to the scene that has nothing to do with anything. So anyway, (laughs) that is the end of the episode. And that is Cartman Gets an Anal Probe. Very short and to the point. Yep. Rachel, what are your thoughts on Cartman Gets an Anal Probe? Oof. Well, it's very... Very obvious that it's the first one. <laughs> yes. I it, Like, talking about it and actually, like, thinking about it, it really does have a lot of those pieces of, of South Park. And I do remember the anal probe. Like, it's one of those episodes, it's like, yeah, I, I remember the anal probe episode, but I haven't watched it in years. And yeah. then rewatching it, it's like, oh, wait, <laughs> this, was, this was, like, the first one. Okay. Yes. So it's funny, though, that I do remember the episode, and it still feels like South Park. Yeah, it still feels like South Park, yeah. It's rough. Oh, yeah. And them talking slower and moving slower and everything is a little jarring when you're not, you don't remember how they used to move around, especially for just this first episode. 
it's got the framework though of South Park and it's got some of the tropes. So yeah. it's not it's not terrible. It's not great, no. but it sets up the world of what South Park is, at least at the beginning of the of their run. So yeah, that was Cartman gets an anal probe. A wonderful half an hour of television that started it all. We will take a short break, a word from our fake sponsor, and when we come back, we will get into what happened with the response from Cartman Gets an Anal Probe from both the test audiences, the executives at Comedy Central, and the audience at home once it aired. And, of course, we will get into the second episode of South Park, Weight Gain 4000. We'll be right back. We'll be right back to Jesus and Pals after this. Hey, do you need to get in shape fast? Want to look your best? Tired of the other guys getting all the chicks? Are you tired of being a 90-pound weakling? Yeah, I only weigh 90 pounds. Then bulk up quick with Weight Gain 4000. Yes. With over 4,000 grams of saturated fat per serving, its patented formula is designed to enter the mouth and go directly to the stomach where it is distributed to the bloodstream. Now available at stores everywhere. Get some today and say it with me. Beefcake. 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 May cause irreversible damage to the kidneys and liver. And we're back with South Park Season 1, going into Episode 2. But first, before we get into Episode 2, Rachel, we should discuss a little bit of what Comedy Central execs and the test audiences thought of Cartman Gets an Anal Probe. And would it shock you to learn that they did not like it? <laughs> really? No, it actually doesn't shock me at all. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it received poor test scores from audiences. The Comedy Central execs didn't like it very much. Here's what's weird. The test audiences said it was too crude and too vulgar. Okay. And I think Comedy Central thought the same thing, but it's like, what the hell did you think you were getting? Like, you knew what you were getting. So it's kind of weird that that is some of the feedback. Well, it's kind of like, You knew exactly what this was. Yeah. It's like, yeah. But I also... Right. Yeah. Like, of course uh it's going to be vulgar. (laughs) But even nowadays, if Trey is saying, yeah, we probably pushed it a little further than we needed to, we forced some stuff in. Yeah. I mean, it is vulgar, but I don't know if I would call it obscene or anything like that. No. I don't think so. Innuendos and such, but nothing too in your face. (laughs) Maybe for 1997. Because... I mean, you want to talk about what's the what's everything in the news in today's day and age. It's the culture war. We have the culture war, and everything is the culture war this and that, and this side of the culture war. That's not a new concept. The culture war has been going on forever, and in 1997, South Park was an example of, and, is, and a result of, the culture war of this idea that we're losing our values, we're losing our traditions, people are swearing, stuff on TV is getting vulgar. Mm-hmm. Wrestling in the Attitude Era is the same way, right? Like, we're, we're doing right. this show, and we talked about the Royal Rumble 97 and that getting more adult, and it was a way to rebel against the old establishment who wanted to go back to a more conservative 
way of thinking. Not that South Park is super liberal. It's just that it's super in your face and vulgar and stuff, you know? Right. So I get that maybe they were hesitant because of that. So Comedy Central was hesitant because it got these bad reviews. They weren't really sure what to do with it. They were unsure if they wanted to actually have more episodes. And Parker and Stone told them they would write one more episode, but if they didn't give them the full slate of episodes, Mm -hmm. they weren't going to make it. They weren't going to animate it because it takes so much effort to animate it they were like we're not going to do this unless we have like a guarantee from you right no that makes sense to me i mean it makes sense because why would you commit to this if they're not gonna really give you the i mean maybe they would give them the money for the second script but they're they're not gonna you know go any further than that then what are they doing right so they write weight gain 4000 the episode that we're talking about here And they were trying to give the network an idea of how each episode could be different. They were trying to show them that they don't all have to be, for lack of a better word, kind of crude and stupid. That that they're going to have different themes and different ways to animate. The way that they were going to have to do this second episode, though, they also needed to find a better way to animate the show. They decided they could not do the cardboard construction paper I keep saying cardboard, I mean construction paper. They can't do the construction (laughs) paper cutouts and the stop motion. They needed to use some other method to do it. And this is where they hired a company and hired animators to do it all through computers. So from episode two on, they're using computers and they picked a company that could keep the, they wanted to keep the crude look of it looking like construction paper, looking like stop motion. Right. And so they picked a company that said that they they had the technology to do it. So it's kind of remarkable that they were able to do this in 1997 using the computers. And and they do it in a fairly quick time period. We know now that they do everything in six days. It, It takes one week for them to make a South Park episode compared to The Simpsons. Or like, I think, I can't remember if King of the Hill was out yet or not at this point. But those episodes of The Simpsons take eight months because they go to Korea, they get animated, they come back. Here in South Park, it takes them a week to do. And the network... Which is crazy. It sounds crazy. It's it's ridiculous because the amount of work that they have to do in those six days is outstanding. You have to write, you have to do the voice acting, you have to do the animation. And I think that's why most South Park seasons are only 13 episodes and sometimes they're cut in, in half because... It's just got to be the most stressful thing in the world to try to make those deadlines when you're starting from scratch every week. I think they like it. I think they think it gives them a creative edge where they have to be as creative as they can be. Right. And they they have to not throw away certain jokes. Uh, Like if you listen to the to the Simpsons, I know I keep comparing them to the Simpsons, but in my mind, they're. This is the successor to The Simpsons. The Simpsons precedes South Park in my head. Mm-hmm. And when you think of The Simpsons, they rewrite stuff so much that because they want the joke in the episode to be the thing that was funny five times in a row, so it's the perfect joke. Right. As opposed to South Park, where it's like, 
whatever they found funny at the time, they just put it in. And sometimes it's stupid and they look back and they go, that was dumb. Why did we do that? (laughs) Right. And sometimes it's really funny because they didn't overthink it. It's just what would be funny? What should happen next? Yeah. Plus they get to be in the now. So if something were to have happened that week in life, they could actually add it to the show if they wanted to. So I feel like they get an edge with that as well. So instead of it taking eight months and like, okay, well that, that was like a thing that happened eight months ago. Well, they get, they can do it within the next couple of weeks. And I would say in the con of that, it could be that they make a reference to something that turns out not to be, not to have some evergreenness to it. So then they, there's just this random joke that you're like, the fuck is that? Right. So that could happen to them too. They don't do that as much in the early episodes compared to the current seasons uh, though right yes so that's true the network gets the script for weight gain 4000 they like the script and they agree to commit to a series with the guys and comedy central says fine we'll give you the six episodes okay they end up giving them 13 but they needed at least six to say that they would do another right so they decide that they need to get an animator to head their animation and they go to get one of the their friends that helped them make The Spirit of Christmas. And it is Eric Stowe, S-T-O-U-G-H. Rachel, you probably know who they put some personality, or they say they put some personality of into the show. Eric Stowe sounds a little like Leopold Stotch. Oh, because they call him Butters. Because they, uh, th- th- they call, they call uh, their friend Butters. Yeah. Butters Scotch, yeah. So Butters is based on Eric Stowe, their, their head animator. Oh, that's or so funny. they claim. I mean, they're okay. making fun of him. Through I mean, it, yeah. obviously. <laughs> but he was always been called Butters. So he, they called him Butters. That's how Butters got his name. So there you go. If you were ever wondering how Butters got his name, it's because of their lead animator. And they get a co-executive producer in Anne Garofino, but they do get Butters to help them animate this this episode. So they got the script. So Comedy Central says, fine, we'll give you the episodes that you want. And then they animate the show. So then on August 20th, 1997, we get weight gain 4,000. Rachel, shall we get into it? We shall. <laughs> I was waiting for what you were going to say. I was on bated breath with that one. (laughs) This one is so dumb. (laughs) Well, they're all pretty dumb. They're all dumb. You're right. So, all right. Rachel, I think what we did miss out on, at least with the first episode, and I think that it's fun because, especially doing it with these first season of South Parks, I really want to do this because typically with these shelf life episodes before we go into our walkthrough i make you give a little bit of a synopsis of what we're about to talk about so can you give us explain to the listeners what weight gain 4000 is about because i don't think we did it for cartman gets an anal probe but i i always get a chuckle and i think i could get a chuckle out of you trying to figure out how to explain what this episode is about (laughs) and every other one that we're going to talk about (laughs) You're filling the void because I'm, like, pausing and I don't know how to explain this. Yeah, there's no okay, way to explain this. So, Cartman becomes who was the actress? Kathy Lee Gifford. Who was the actress? Kathy Lee Gifford. Okay. So, they make fun of Cartman being fat. 
Okay. That's what happens at the beginning. And Cartman then sees an ad for Weight Gain 4000, which is supposed to bulk him up. Beefcake! I think... Right, beefcake. And I think the whole point is that he's he wants to get muscular uh, yes. more so than fat. But it, what it's doing is it's just making him fatter throughout the episode because he's just eating weight gain 4,000 right. like by the tubfuls. And meanwhile... But that's, that's uh, a we, very minor part of the episode. It really is. When you... We'll talk about it at the end probably, but like that's what this episode is remembered for. And it's like... It's a B-plot. So then we have the other plot, which is Kathy Lee Gifford is coming to South Park, and Mr. Garrison apparently went to school with this person. Or something. Was it a talent show? Or something. Like a talent show. Yeah, they were in a talent show together, and she upstaged him, and that was it. That was the final straw. He wants to kill Kathy Lee Gifford. Yeah. This episode is about Mr. Garrison trying to kill Kathy. Trying to assassinate her. That's exactly what it is. Um, so it's Cartman eating weight gain 4,000 and becoming egregiously huge. In, like, just enormous. Just becoming enormous. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Garrison assassinating or, or attempting to assassinate Kathy Lee Gifford. Yeah, that's fair. See, that's all this episode really needs to be. Okay, so Rachel doesn't have shelf life. No. (laughs) Okay, well, like and subscribe. We'll see you later. Not this one. Not this one. Well, let's let's get into it. So on the DVD, they do the fireside chat again with Matt and Trey. This one, the joke that I liked out of it was they ask if they they would ever get the urge to kill anyone. Or if they ever have killed anyone, and Trey does, I would never kill anyone, unless they piss me off. And then (laughs) they talk about how they are as American as apple pie. They love soda pop baseball and beating up old people. I don't remember where that comes in, but they said that. Everybody loves beating up old people. What? (laughs) (laughs) So it starts with the kids in Mr. Garrison's class. The animation already looks way crisper way cleaner yes. the shadows are gone they still have them there because that was the idea they still I think that's like the feeling they still it, wanted though. the crudeness there they still wanted that to be part of it but then it looks a lot cleaner and crisper because now they're Absolutely. using the computers to do the animation they're taking way less time to do the animation and it's way easier you know probably a relative term but it's easier for them to put together the episode at this point well i mean they're not taking picture of every single <laughs> right they're not having to take a picture of every single person <laughs> yeah. yeah they're talking about something with rainbows the kids are the boys are and cartman's oh, confused i don't understand because he says something about a, a rainbow crawls up your ass and and he's confused about something what the hell is he talking about <laughs> i don't know i was trying to figure is this out a, do they just think it's funny because Cartman misheard? It's confused? Or is there something that... Is it is it a different word that we're supposed to think it is, but we don't know what it is? That, like, folks at I home... I mean, I would assume... Maybe it's, like, worms or something? I don't know. That Folks at home, if you know what the reference is, let us know, because I... I don't think there is a reference. I don't think... I, I doubt there's a reference to this one. Yeah. There might not be. There might not be a reference. It might just be... They think it's funny. I don't know. So 
what we learn, and I do love this part where Mr. Garrison says, hey, kids, remember that essay that you wrote? And the kids just stare at him because none of them remember what he's talking about. <laughs> Did a Save Our Fragile Environment contest, and it turns out that Eric won the contest. Mm-hmm. And... What you can tell right off the bat, too, is that this is still season one for sure because the dialogue, all the movement is a little stilted. The dialogue is slower because they haven't figured out how fast to talk yet to do the speed up to make them sound like kids, so they're talking too slow. And Wendy Testaberger is mad that Cartman won because she's like, there's no way that Cartman... It's Cartman. It's Cartman. There's no way that he won a... (laughs) And a save our environment contest. So they ask, what did Wendy write about? Because Cartman can't remember what he wrote about. And Wendy says that she Wendy says that she wrote about dolphins. And Cartman thinks that dolphins are stupid. Like that's that's why she lost, because dolphins are stupid. If they're so smart, why do they keep getting caught in those fishing nets? <laughs> Which is a good point, because of course Well, I mean, you told us, Rachel, you know, the the tuna are it's not the tuna that are getting caught in the fishing nets. No, it's t- well, it's not them getting caught in fishing nets. It's that they're endangered. Are they endangered because of the dolphins getting caught? I don't think it's because of the dolphins. I think it's because of humans <laughs> eating tuna. <laughs> I mean, maybe the dolphins are eating too much tuna. Do we still have that problem? Is that still a thing where the dolphins the are getting fish? no? That the dolphins or are the getting dolphins. caught in the fishing nets. I wonder if it's still a thing because it was in the nineties. Like we talked about. How many- Eighty thousand dolphins get caught in nets a year. Oh, that's quite a lot. Yep. This one says over every year over three hundred thousand dolphins and other crustaceans die from getting caught in fishing nets. Oh, that's counting everything. Eighty thousand dolphins may be accidentally caught every year. By tuna gill netting boats. <laughs> it is connected to the tuna. It is connected to the tuna. Yeah, that's what I know. Well, we talked about, you know, we did Seinfeld. Elaine was concerned about the tuna, and that was 1990. Here's 1997. We're still talking about the tuna, and here we are currently talking about (laughs) still a problem. Got to get out there. Maybe that, I don't know what kind of charity or what kind of donation or what kind of awareness you can bring, but what kind of hashtag? Be more like like Wendy. Care about the dolphins and the tuna. That's kind of a good lesson to be had for South Park in general, is be more like Wendy. <laughs> Wendy is kind of the Lisa Simpson character. She is the Lisa Simpson of South Park. Yeah. In a way, yeah. Her and sometimes Kyle. Yes, sometimes Kyle. Kyle is, yes, he definitely takes up the Lisa mantle. It's a bit mantle. of a pushover sometimes. Yeah, so. but he, do, he does, to your point, have that, that Lisa mantle. So what we learn is that the trophy is going to be given out by Kathy Lee Gifford. And this is where Mr. Garrison looks surprised because mm-hmm. of what you said. So I think you learn about this later. We do. Okay. Well, we can talk about yeah, it. Yeah, we can just talk about it now. Because Mr. Hat brings up that she stole his big chance at fame. So what was it they were in? Mr. Hat and Mr. Garrison were in a talent show. Yes. <laughs> and Mr. Garrison was, looked wait. exactly the same, but like a little kid. <laughs> Like a little child, like still balding and everything. National talent show finals, yeah. So it's just a talent show. Yeah. And he is doing puppeteering with his ventriloquism, yeah. Oh yeah, that's it. I'm sorry, puppeteering. That's different. Ventriloquism. Yes. Apologies to our ventriloquist <laughs> and puppeteering friends. It's a hand puppet. So he's it is a of... hand puppet, but he's doing ventriloquism. It's ventriloquism, yeah. right? 
But the thing is, is that little tiny Kathy Lee also does ventriloquism. Yes, ventriloquism. With, two, with two different puppets. <laughs> with two different puppets. And she sings, if and... I could see me now, da 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 <laughs> And a whole, like, backup dancer, like, pyramid and animals and fireworks and <laughs> and just completely upstages them. Yeah, so Garrison believes that Kathy Lee basically cheated in this contest because she had a whole orchestra right. stuff. I don't disagree with him. I want to know, though. So Matt and Trey have kind of said that there was no reason for it to be Kathy Lee Gifford. They just thought, they just picked a random celebrity and Kathy Lee fit the mold because she was kind of a sweetheart, America's sweetheart in the 90s. I was trying to figure out, are they saying something about the celebrities via this? Probably reading too much into it. Although I think that this episode has more satire and commentary than the first one, of course. Right. So was it something where it's like, okay, this person looks talented, but it's because of all of the... And she is, because she is more talented Mm -hmm. than Mr. Garrison. But she can't just let the talent stand for itself. She also has to do all this bombastic crap over the top just because she can, you know? Right. I don't know. That's probably reading more into it than needs to be. But it is there if you want it. If you want to write that essay, you could. I think you could write an essay about every episode of South Park, probably. I would imagine you could. <laughs> like, because I would they imagine. just pack it so full of stuff. Mr. Hat whispers that uh, he, he wants to kill Kathy Lee. Mr. Hat does. And he whispers a plan to Mr. Garrison. So in the meantime, the mayor... I don't remember mm-hmm. the mayor's name. Does the mayor have a name? They just call her Mr. Mayor most of the time. Mayor McDaniels. Mayor McDaniels, Mayor Mary McDaniels. Yeah. And so this is her first appearance? I don't know if we know her name in this episode. We don't know her name in this episode. I don't know. I don't remember when you ever learned that. This is her first appearance, and she's a stalwart on the show, at least in the classic South Park era. And she thinks that by Kathy Lee coming in, this is a way to show that the town isn't some pissant mountain, you know, white bread town that they could actually make it look like a bigger deal and put it on the map a little bit. And she thinks she could become a state senator or something (laughs) if she plays her cards right. Because all politicians always just want to move on to something where they have more power, they don't actually care. That's the... Of course. Yeah. Yeah, that's the that's that's. I what, think that's an over that's an overarching uh, theme of politicians in South Park. In South Park, for sure. Yes, yes. <laughs> Remember, it's always the show's opinion that we're giving you here on Shelf Life, not necessarily ours, but you know, sometimes they overlap. You never know. Can't say when. You never know when, because I will never. <laughs> <you when. laughs> Her aides give her an idea of how they can make the event go better. <laughs> confused by what you were saying i'm sorry because i said her aids there's an entire episode about that that we'll get to one day oh my god okay try that again try that again because i just got really confused so (laughs) her aids her helper her assistants give her some ideas of how they can make the event go better or swimmingly and they talk about how they could have chef do a song 
because he's he's a black guy. They can show how diverse the town is. And they talk about how they can have the kids from the school put on a play of the history of South Park, I think is the idea. I think so. Some sort of play. And they make a joke that Kathy Lee loves children, especially if they're working in a sweatshop. So... Rachel, do you... Oh, did you do research? Do you know... Yes. Do you know what this reference is? Uh, I don't know. Did she have, like, a some type of clothing line or something yes. that she <gasps> so, endorsed? Tell and this is it. why I find it a little more difficult to think that they didn't just pick Kathy Lee at random, although it's South Park and they're celebrities, so they could have come up with a joke about anything, no matter sure. what celebrity they picked. So, in the late 90s, before this episode, or I guess mid-90s, Kathy Lee Gifford was Regis and Kathy. That was her the big show that she had, right? So she was, she wasn't, it wasn't Kelly and, is it Kelly and Ryan now? That used to be Regis I, and Kathy. It used to be a lot of different people. Right, but it, it originated know. as Regis and Kathy. So that's what Kathy right. was, Kathy Lee Gifford was known for. And she had her own clothing line. And it turns out someone escaped from the sweatshop. This kid escaped from the sweatshop. When she escaped, she was smart enough to know, like, to have proof where she came from, she took a piece of the clothing. And the piece of the clothing had the Kathy Lee Gifford labeled on, label on it. Oh my so God. The, the, the line that she had was doing uh, using sweatshop work. She said she didn't know. She said she had no idea. And she advocated. Which is probably true. It's probably true because she just probably, probably licensed completely blind her name to it. To you it. Know? Yeah. Yeah. If you ever license your name as a celebrity, you really need to fucking pay attention to what's going on whatever your yeah your endorsements and everything you gotta know the backgrounds of it be smart about it people <laughs> yeah if you ever get your own in line for our for our listeners that become or are celebrities we know you're out there so she ended up being an advocate of course against it i'm, I'm sure it was to be more what would you call it uh, to to look more philanthropic and or she just felt bad about it i won't say you know sure. you know you don't know if what what's yeah, going we, on in somebody's head no idea but she does a lot now for like labor rights which could be why that happened i mean it could just be a true i need to fix this type of thing we don't know on mm-hmm. Redis and kathy she explained she was not responsible because the contract manufacturers make the products and did everything it was just she was just kind of lending her name to the product they had girls as young as 15 working for 31 cents an hour 75 hours a week <laughs> in honduras Jeez. so all right gifford contacted federal authorities to investigate the issue she worked with bill clinton to support getting issues done with labor rights and child labor and, and stuff like that so she she did try to make sure that that didn't happen going forward uh at least she tried so anyway that's okay. where that that's where that joke comes from because her clothing line was caught uh, using sweatshop labor. <laughs> you know, as you do. No, you no know. different than anybody else. So, <laughs> so anyway, Chef is excited about Kathy Lee coming and about singing at the ceremony, and he thinks if he sings to her, he can get with her. That's his plan, because he thinks that he can satisfy her better than Frank Gifford, which, Rachel, do you know who Frank Gifford is? I do not. Okay. I figured you wouldn't because we're talking about celebrities from the 90s. Because Kathy Lee nowadays 
is just a drunk on like the fourth hour of the Today Show <laughs> talk show. Yeah, yeah. They do like their we're gonna drink at ten in the morning every day, right? I think that's what she does. I, I maybe still. I think they might have tried to. They spun them off onto something else. That? I don't or know. Do they still do that. I remember I Joel know. McHale would make fun of that all the time. I remember him showing up on their show with like a box of wine. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> Kathy Lee Gifford was married to Frank Gifford. And Frank Gifford is a from the 70s from the New York Giants. And he's more known even today. I mean, he's probably not known by many people, especially our youngins, because he died in 2015. Oh, okay. but he played he played running back for the Giants. And then mm-hmm. he was an announcer on Monday Night Football forever. That, the one of the original announcers on Monday Night Football. That's what he's definitely known known for, is Monday Night Football announcing. So that's who she ended up married to. Is Frank Gifford? Okay. But that Chef thinks that he he's going to be better in bed than Frank Gifford. So that's the that's the joke. <laughs> so we talked about Mr. Garrison. The mayor is in the classroom now, because she's telling Mr. Garrison and the cl- and the kids that she wants to put together a play of the history of South Park. Mr. Garrison thinks, oh, this is perfect because instead of killing Kathy Lee, I can just upstage her by putting together this awesome (laughs) third grade play. He can definitely upstage Kathy Lee Gifford. Wendy then says, Ms. Mayor, Cartman might have cheated on that uh, essay. And the mayor's like, who cares? Does it matter? Who cares? Why does that matter? We're getting Kathy Lee because he won. (laughs) We do not give a shit how she's getting there. And I I do love that because I think that this is a theme in some some different things that we'll get to on Shelf Life, where the end justifies the means to some of these people, Mm -hmm. where they're like, what do we care if Cartman didn't earn it? It only matters that we're getting Kathy Lee to come to the town. So who cares if... That's, I think, one of those things where it's talking about the moralistic integrity of a lot of people and how they view things, where it's like the end justifies the means. So again, I think it is pulling in more than the first episode, uh, just by doing... I would, I would think so. So they're starting to actually like get their feelers into yeah. bringing more in that they probably wanted to talk about, but knew they couldn't do immediately. Well, and I think it's definitely something where they thought they had to go super vulgar and super weird in the first episode because they were trying to upstage Spirit of Christmas. And this is a completely like different episode where they're showing Comedy Central and the viewers that they're going to get different things. South Park doesn't have to be just stupid... I was going to say Adult Swim humor, but but you know what I mean when I say that. There's some, some shows on Adult Swim that are very smart, and there's some shows that are very stupid. And I'm yes. thinking of something that's very stupid, where it's like, here's just a stupid fart joke. The mayor tells Cartman to get in shape for the camera, and that's when Cartman is like, I'm going to be on television. I'm going to be on television. <laughs> Which has to be used in the trailers, you would assume, for the, the South Park season one. Oh, I would assume. Yeah, definitely. They're walking home and Stan gets into an argument with Cartman about the essay. He says, I'm going to go ahead and get in shape and work out. And Stan says, you're just going to go home and sit on the couch and eat cheesy poops. 
And it, I, the transition is fantastic. <laughs> and of course, it immediately cuts to Cartman sitting on the couch eating cheesy poops. Yes. And this is when we, he sees the most infamous part of this episode, which is the commercial for Wake Gain for and our fake sponsor, which was the commercial <laughs> for Wake Gain 4000, where he gets to beef up. This became a thing, Rachel. You, I don't know if you remember this because you were probably too little, but beefcake! Oh, no, I remember beefcake. That was, that was a famous <laughs> thing. That was on t-shirts and billboards, probably. I remember if you watched wrestling, there would be cutouts of Cartman with beefcake on it like that. Oh, my God. That was a huge thing was beefcake. And it's so bizarre because other than this scene... And, like, another scene later on where Cartman's getting fat? Er? <laughs> yes. It's never in the episode again. No. So Cartman's shouting beefcake because he thinks this is definitely the way that he can get, ah, I'm gonna get so friggin' ripped right now. I mean, it's so totally awesome. <laughs> and he asks his mom for the beefcake. And she says that she'll get it for her tomorrow. Rachel, do you want to try doing the Cartman impression? Or do you want me to do it? I mean, I can try. Give it a shot. Give it a shot. What's what's the line? She goes, but me, I need it today. No. <clears throat> that was my. But me, I need it for tomorrow. Yeah, there you go. That was perfect. Thank you. Thank you. It was beautiful. Thank you. And I tried. Un- unlike the pilot episode, this is definitely showing mrs cartman as being more kowtowing to everything this little brat wants oh god yes, because she's like okay eric i'll go get it right now and just leaves to go get him the gate the waking 4000 she doesn't even question what it is no she doesn't she's just like all right he wants it i'll get it it's like come on <laughs> i don't think your kid should be taking this it's just my opinion and he doesn't even pay attention to the fact that it says, like, it might damage your liver or whatever right? it says. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, again, it's some commentary. Not safe at all to take. It's probably commentary on a lot of the crap. <laughs> Do not ingest. There was a lot of this crap in the 90s, too, of this. I think there, there still, still is, is, but it's a lot less yeah. than there used to be. I, well, now with the internet, there's probably it's not always, like, television commercials. It's just websites. Yeah, it's not as in your face. Selling you supplements and and snake cb cbd and stuff like that i mean if any of them want to sponsor the show like you know well we'll talk (laughs) (laughs) so garrison wakes up in the middle of the night and he's tossing and turning because he think he's thinking about kathy lee singing if i could see me now (laughs) (laughs) and Mr. Hat tells him again to kill her. This time he does the exorcist head spin and is like, kill her. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Hat's starting to show his true colors. <laughs> <laughs> so Mr. Garrison throws Mr. Hat into a drawer yeah. to try to get rid of the, the feelings of having to kill Kathy Lee. Cartman shows up at the bus stop with a tank top on. This is a great design on Cartman because... I think Kenny C say, says that he has man titties now. I don't know what the actual yeah, line titty, is. Titty, oh yeah, it's, I think it's about having bigger boobs than his mom. I think that's what he says. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, but he's got to show off his body because he's got he's looking ripped. He's up to ninety four pounds now. 
Yeah, so he's gained, well, according to him, he was already He was 90, 90 pounds. pounds. <laughs> he's gained a little weight. Jeez. Uh, very reminiscent of the episode of The Simpsons where Homer gets the moo moo. That one's that's a it's a classic episode. Stay tuned for that. Might one. be a main event. <laughs> <laughs> Just that episode. <laughs> well, we'll moo-moo. see what's around it. We'll see what's around it. Cartman says that he has doesn't have to take this kind of crap from those tiny little weaklings. And they go onto the bus, but Cartman can't get on the bus because I, I like this that he's so happy he can't. He's get such the a bus. beefcake; he can't even fit in the door right now. <laughs> so freaking ripped. Sweet, sweet. So the kids do a run through of the play that they're going to do. And I think it's yes, they do. I think it's Clyde here, but it's uh. the he goes up to Mr. Garrison and he says, "I don't know if I'm a, an." This is the terminology. Am I a pioneer? Am I an idiot? <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is the terminology they used for the episode. Am I an or a pioneer? Do you have a feather on your head? Yes. Then you're an Indian. <laughs> yes, we know it's Yeah, they, they wrong. use the Indian terminology. But it is the show, what it yeah. is. Is it the, Ute, the Utes? The Utes? The Utes? Indians? I can't remember what they say. But the Hold on. but the, the Native Americans that lived in the South Park area, Bay Bay is 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 doing the narration, and the Ute. The Ute. I think it's the Ute. Ute. Or, is that how you're supposed to pronounce that? Yeah, that, I mean that is the that oh, those are like the Native real, Americans Native that were Americans. yeah yeah the Ute Indians were part of. I think it's what Utah is named after actually. I think so. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Hey, look, we learned something. Yeah, I learned something today. I like that. That's kind of fun to learn something. Yeah. It's probably awful. Um, there's probably a horrible history. I have a feeling that this is very, very accurate to the actual I history. I wouldn't be surprised. So, it would be really sad. Because she's talking about how the youths lived on the land, and then came the pioneers, and you just get the kids with the <gasps> with the guns going, no! And they just immediately and come Right, and like, let's murder them. all of them. <laughs> And all the all the kids are getting the the kids playing the the youths are getting the the shit beaten out of them, and one kid's bleeding from the head, right. and the mayor's like, "What is this?" Oh my God. And Mr. Garrison, I just love yes, I love that Mr. Garrison goes. They did a lot better this morning. And it's like, <laughs> what was the difference this morning? <laughs> so you like that line? I like when the mayor's yelling at him about it, and he's like, "What? This is how it happened. <laughs> like this oh, is yeah. the accurate way to do it." Right. So he's like, I'm making it accurate. What do you want from me? This is reminiscent of the what we talked about earlier in the history piece of our talk about South Park, where they did the history of America stop motion, and they right. talked about how, and then they went west and they killed exactly. Indians, and then they went north and they killed more Indians. So that that idea, the mayor is like, do you really think that you could put this? play on in front of Kathy Lee Gifford and Garrison gets mad and says to hell with Kathy Lee Gifford and for some reason the entire town is here yes for this rehearsal yes like I could imagine like parents but the entire town is like gas this is a little mountain town they've got nothing to do this is a big deal they're all trying to be uh big shots part of it yeah but yes, yeah. the crowd boos, and the mayor dismisses him. The mayor fires him from the play. 
So I don't know who's going to put together the play anymore, but they get rid of right. Mr. Garrison. And now Mr. Garrison... I guess it's already... No, that's true. They're not going to use this one. They said this yeah, one wasn't appropriate, use it it's so appropriate. someone else would have yeah, to Yeah, they have to come it. up with something. Or they're just not going to do right. it. They're just going to let Chef sing two songs, I guess. Oh, that's true. Garrison is despondent, and he gets Mr. Hat back out of the drawer and tells yep. Mr. Hat, we have to kill her. Or, or no, he can't do it. Mr. Garrison can't do it. He needs to have Mr. Hat do it for him. Right. Which, to, at this point, is like his alternate personality yeah like a split personality type of thing yeah cartman looks wider and fatter than ever <laughs> he looks like a muffin <laughs> he, well like a very overflowing muffin though yeah because it's because it's his legs the way that they're like the straight and then the muffin top yeah, the... how cute could that be if they made like cartman themed muffins and you ha- or like cupcakes, and you have like the red, and then you put like a ball at the top well, for his I, head. I'll tell you what. In in be? Carmen gets an anal probe. We got we told you all to make powdered pancake surprise. I think now we're going to be asking people to make obese Cartman muffins. <laughs> we can get maybe we can get a maybe we can get a recipe for you every episode here. But I think that I think that's an option. Don't include the weight gain four thousand, please. Yeah, don't uh, put any weight gain four thousand into the muffins. <laughs> Make them gluten-free or whatever. Or something. Not gluten-free, but, you know. No. Um, vegan? (laughs) You said that with such disdain. Vegan. Any of that is so gross to me. It just, I can't. It's just so gross. I don't want to eat it because it's Because it just doesn't taste right. It doesn't taste right. Cartman calls Wendy a hippie. And Wendy vows that she's going to get to the bottom of this. She cannot stand the fact that Cartman won that contest. There's no possible way that he won. Right. Now we get a scene, I guess, I was trying to think of what this reminded me of. It either reminds me of the scene from The Terminator where he gets the gun. Probably reminds me more of a movie called Falling Down, which you can add this to the list. It's a, which is a movie about a man that just goes crazy and goes on like a killing spree. And Garrison goes to a gun shop. The gun shop owner asks him, is it for hunting, protection, or other? And Garrison says other. <laughs> He's dressed in a trench coat, and they do a... And maybe it's from Taxi, too, because he does this. He does a taxi impression from, from the movie Taxi. Oh, right. Where, you know, are, you, are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? Yeah. yeah. And he buys one, but they're like, oh, you know, why don't you try this gun? Why don't you try this gun? And it's clearly... I, I mean, it's, it's not overtly but it is obviously talking giving you a little bit of a gun control and how easy it is to get like these guns that are clearly not for hunting they have a sniper sniper scope on them i do like the part where he's just like okay well how about this one again but with this embellishment on it with a little accessory yeah let's be a little little, fancier exactly and garrison likes that one so he buys it I do also like that they just use pictures of real guns. <laughs> yes, yes, it gives it that stuff. So it gives it weird. that cheap, crude feeling when they use the, like the, the magazine real stuff. cutouts. Yes, exactly. I love that. <laughs> yeah, it, it gives it a nice aesthetic. That South There's Park a look. seal poster that also says "guns buy one," and it's just a seal. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so that you can go kill the seals. I don't know. <laughs> That's a good observation. Wendy is looking for Cartman's essay, so she's gone into Mr. Garrison's class, 
presumably after hours? Well, the clock says... Do you want me to tell yeah, you what the clock says? The clock says 10 to 1 in the morning, I think. So she's going it's after either like midnight? midnight or it's like... Or or does it say 10 o'clock? Hold on, let me, let me look at this again. Because it's hard to tell which one's longer. And I'm sure it's not so it's either it's either, it's either 10... It's either 10.05... Or it's midnight. Or it's like midnight or 1 o'clock in the well, morning. Well, either way, I'm she... gonna say I'm gonna say it's... I want to say it's 10 to 1 in the morning. It's nighttime. So it's either nighttime. way, she went in in the middle of the night into the school. Right. And that makes it even weirder that Mr. Garrison shows up because she's looking for Cartman's essay and she finds it as she's doing this. Garrison walks into the room and reveals his plan to Wendy unexpectedly that because Wendy like is hiding behind a desk or something. Right. The next day at the talent show... Garrison is walking around with his big sniper rifle, some commentary, because <laughs> the people are like, hey, good-looking gun, Mr. Garrison. Well. <laughs> They're just complimenting him just, on his gun. You know, that's like a carry thing, right? Not a, Don't need to conceal it, just carry Yeah, it's, yeah. No, you, uh, open carry or whatever. Open. Is it open carry? Yeah, that would be open Conceal carry. and carry, open carry. Yeah. yeah. There are certainly places in the United States, for sure, where I guarantee you that that's probably, oh, hey, nice looking gun. Uh, you know, not to insult our friends in the South, but, oh, nice looking gun there. I think when, Absolutely. I think if, if there are any listeners out there, folks at home, that if you're not from the U.S., the U.S. is very big and diverse and diverse in thought. So this is definitely, it's, huge. it's a regional thing, though. Like in certain places, this would be, would freak people out. And in certain places, this would be like somebody's just walking down the street. So, <laughs> right. It's diverse with the types of people. It's diverse with the thoughts of people. It's diverse with the <laughs> land and the temperature and the biomes. It's the U.S. is weird. It's very strange. Um... <laughs> it's a very fucked up experiment. <laughs> so I mean, if it, it, it's pretty much built, uh, made up of multiple countries. In but one. but one of the things, and especially at the time of this recording, one of the hot topics is gun control. So it's I thought it was interesting to see. I feel like that's a yeah, it's a, a hot, it's a hot topic forever. Time. But it is especially right now, and that's why I thought it was interesting to see this kind of commentary as right. which is it's subtle they don't they don't hit you over the head with it but still barbara he asks mr garrison where he can get a good shot i mean good picture of <laughs> kathy lee barbara tells him i almost said professor barbrady because i was gonna professor say barbrady but officer barbrady tells him that the book depository is a nice place i think most people probably get that reference rachel you know that reference right the book depository <sighs> Is that the, um... Kennedy was assassinated. Okay, it was the Kennedy yeah. one. So it was the Kennedy assassination. Yes. Okay. And then the joke is that somebody has a camera, and Officer Barbary didn't think anything of Mr. Garrison having this big gun, but he's like, oh, a camera, gonna try flash photography, huh? And takes the camera away, so... Right. Again. A good, a good little satire ha-ha joke. Wendy tells the boys that Cartman now looks like a blob... <laughs> Oh, no, I don't know if she no says that. I, I wrote down that Cartman, Cartman now looks like a blob. He's just a <laughs> giant blob. And the, the boys are planning to push him up a ramp to get him on stage because he's so gigantic at this point. Right. But Wendy tells them about the plan. They have to save Kathy Lee Gifford. And Wendy also reveals that she's got the paper 
and knows why Cartman was able to win. But it's more important to stop the assassination. And she, they do like, well, what's more important, being on TV or some assassination? Like they they do have that thought as well, right? So Kathy Lee comes in, and Kathy Lee comes in in the Pope Mobile, basically. Yes, it was. It's so weird. <laughs> she's in a she's in a tube bubble, a bu- bulletproof tube glass well yeah have you ever seen the pope mobile i have seen the pope yeah so this is clearly a riff on that because absolutely the pope in order to be in a parade or something they'll always put him in a bulletproof case because to keep him safe people are gonna try to take a shot at him and this is the same idea so like they're prepared they knew that there could be an assassination (laughs) attempt in colorado apparently (laughs) well they you know everyone everyone is mad at kathy lee i guess garrison is upset about the protection but he thinks, well, you have to come out of that precious bubble sooner or later. Right. And Chef sings a song. And as the lyrics get more and more explicit, because that's obviously what always happens when Chef sings a song, the mayor pulls him off the stage. So then Wendy and Stan are trying to tell Barbrady about Garrison. They're at like, well, have you seen Mr. Garrison? We think that Kathy Lee's in trouble. And... I love that they they he he says uh, he doesn't remember or whatever, but then it it, it cuts to him remembering and, and going book depository book depository, <laughs> and then it just goes, damn he could be anywhere. I thought that was really funny. That's it's a very Simpsons joke. Is there somewhere in town where I can get a good clear shot or view of Kathy Lee? Hmm. You know, I think the book depository would be a good bet. I think the book depository would be a good bet. Book depository. Depository. Book depository. Damn, he could be anywhere. That kind of swerve of what you expect, and then it goes sure. a different direction. Which is different for South Park. They do have different senses of humor and how they go about everything, but I thought I thought that, was, that could have easily have been in The Simpsons. You replace that with Wiggum, and it could have worked. Yeah, I could see that. Luckily, Stan sees garrison in the window so they head over there and then they bring kathy lee to the stage they just toss her on top of it i love the sound that is used because she's in this tube so her voice isn't perfectly crisp it sounds a little more muffled or it sounds like it's coming through a little bit differently because she's in this tube something like this i'm trying to give the effect i have no idea if this will do it or not but she's like oh thank you for having me as opposed to thank you for having me and wendy and stan end up in the room with garrison and wendy tries to reason with him by saying that she didn't deserve it she cheated it out of it and i love that she's like she's been bad to many people or something like that like (laughs) she she does like the typical speech you would expect but it doesn't make any sense because in the context and Kenny and Kyle have to push Cartman to the stage. <laughs> so they're trying to push yes. him up. Wendy gets to do the I've learned something today. So she does this whole thing. And Stan ruins it because she's almost convinced Mr. Garrison not to take the shot. But then Stan right. is like, wow, was she really was able to do all that? Because they tell the story of the talent show. Of and Garrison's course. like, that's it. She's going to die. And <laughs> he takes a shot. But because Cartman is so fat, when he gets on the stage, his weight breaks the stage and Kathy Lee flips into the air and Garrison... At the right moment. Yeah, and Garrison <laughs> accidentally shoots Kenny instead. 
And then all that commotion causes the Kathy Lee Secret Service yep. to flee her away. So Kathy Lee is no longer there. South Park doesn't get to have their big Kathy Lee moment. And Mr. Garrison didn't get a chance to assassinate her. And Wendy <laughs> reveals on stage. So Wendy goes on stage and Wendy reveals that Cartman's essay, all it was was that it was, <laughs> was Walden by, just, by, by Justin Thoreau. It was Walden by Thoreau. Cartman took Thoreau's name on it, Henry David Thoreau. And literally crosses, crosses it out, out and put his name on it. And the crowd doesn't care. The crowd doesn't care at all. No, it doesn't matter. Because it doesn't, doesn't matter at this point. They, they didn't get to have Kathy Lee. So Wendy doesn't really get her justice because nobody nope. gives a shit. And I thought about this whole thing because what we basically are going through here is that Mr. Garrison is upset that he lost something. He feels yes. that he should have won something, but somebody else did win it. I think that this is a pattern for Mr. Garrison. It is definitely going to be a pattern for Mr. Garrison. We saw this when he was the president. He had a hard time accepting that. So, so, I mean, it is in his character. They kind of set it up here because. I think they really did. I mean, we've we've seen it here, you know, since he, you know, I mean, he's out of office now, but but he still is having a hard time accepting the fact that he didn't really win Right. That talent show, and they and and the winner did cheat, according to <laughs> according Mr. to Mr. Garrison in both of right. those cases. Yes, which I really do wish that Mr. Garrison would have just stuck to entertaining like Kathy Lee. That right. probably would have been a better path for him. I think so. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So who knows? He seemed to have had to do a lot of things though, going fr- between these two points that you're saying though. Um, he had a lot of different a lot uh, of different things yes, happening. Absolutely, for sure. Yeah. Yes, but I did th- find that interesting as well. A little mm-hmm. parallel to it does parallel to the mm-hmm. the current. Yes, the the almost current. Yes, yes, I agree. So the mayor is upset that she's stuck in this town and doesn't realize that the mic is is on because she's just kind of saying like this pissing yes. shit hick town. Right. Mister Hat is taken in for therapy. Because it clearly it was Mr. Hat. It wasn't Mr. Mr. Yeah, Garrison. no, it was not. It was not Mr. Garrison. Which he got off light for trying to kill Kathy Lee. He just has to go to therapy. I would think so. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's still a teacher for children. And then Cartman gets to be on Geraldo via satellite as a huge glob. <laughs> so today, Geraldo is just a talking head on right wing news channels. I think. As just, I'm Geraldo. But back then, I think he had his own talk show in the 90s. And it was just okay. as... I mean, because news has basically become talk shows from the 90s. It's just... No, that's true. So I think it has. It makes sense, but... Is there anything you'd like to say to people out there? Follow your dreams. You can reach your goals. I'm living proof. Beefcake. Beefcake! <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Just look at me. Beefcake. Beefcake. Yeah, I think he does do it. <laughs> and then the the stinger is that Chef is sleeping with Kathy Lee. and Just like in his song. Just like in his song. And he, well, he convinced her with the song. Yep. So I it, think that's what it happened. worked exactly like he wanted. <laughs> and Kathy Lee asked him if she, 
can go again, I think, right? I think that's what she's implying, yeah. yeah. And he goes, damn, woman, I just made sweet love five minutes ago. So Chef has a, you know, he's got to recoup. And that's the end of the episode. That's how it ends. That is the end of <laughs> Wake Game 4000. So, Rachel, did you learn something today? Did I learn something today? I learned that weight gain products probably will not get you the results that you are actually looking for. <laughs> that's a good takeaway. I, th- I think that's what I'm going to go with. I could go with a lot of different things, but I think that's the one I'm going to go with. <laughs> Any other thoughts on the episode? It's it's fine. It's got things that you'll like just laugh at. It's one of those weird episodes to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, well, all of the you know back then. I mean, they're all weird, obviously, <laughs> but it's one of those episodes where it's just like, all right, I'm confused. <laughs> I think it's just weird how big Beefcake became because it's really not that yeah. big. It was just this episode too. Yeah. So There's some funny jokes in this. It just, it feels much smaller than if, I feel like if they were to redo this episode with the same themes of consumerism and supplements so and gun control and celebrity culture, mm-hmm. uh, it would feel so different if they did the I, same I thing today. Right. Which they probably have. I bet we could find oh, an episode that is where they identical yeah. to this one. Yeah. Yes. Which would be really interesting to see the the difference in how they speak about it yeah. instead. Yeah, I agree. But I do think that it is better than well, it, it has more it has more jokes. It feels like they're finding their way. Yes. No, it does have more jokes. Yeah, that's why it's 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 funny. There's like points where you laugh, so it's of course it's a little funny. So that is Waking 4000. Coming up next after a important public service announcement when we come back the next episode of South Park Volcano. Continued in part two.